All right. Hey, Josh, how does it feel to be part of the most anticipated episode of Straight to the Point and Completely Off Topic with your host, Kyle Dunbar? Oh, it's so good. Feels so great. <laughs> so excited. It makes your life, huh? It's like exactly, exactly better than making your day, your month. My whole life is now this made. Is the, this is the moment you've lived for. Every moment has added up to this one singular moment of time. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing it's awesome. Long, it's been a long time. Would you say five years? Shoot. No, longer than that. Yeah? Seven? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time. <laughs> How much hair do you have left? Oh, some of it. I'm trying to grow it back. Maybe yeah, are you taking the pills and all that too then? The, yeah, the keeps. I'm doing the keeps. Oh, good. Uh, wait, Shut up. Man, I tried yeah. some of that minoxidil stuff in my hair. It made my, my scalp bumpy or something. It wasn't good. Oh, yeah. It, didn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt me, but I haven't, I haven't seen any progress yet. The first six months was really struggling trying to get a habit of doing it. And then now I'm okay. now in I a habit. Now I, yeah, now it's a habit. So it's like I probably got another few months to really see. They'd say six months before you see any progress, but whatever. I, well, I imagine. Anyway, so. Uh, I hope people are excited to listen to two old men talk about their hair problems. Exactly. That's what it amounted to. I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid being the old man. <laughs> How's that working out? It's working out pretty good. Working out pretty Stop good. Stop in time. The, the key is um, toxins, right? And Lots of toxins. I, I don't put any toxins. Well, I don't, I, you can't avoid that because there's toxins in all your food. But I haven't okay. had a drinking habit since I was a kid you know, like really young before I was 21 was really before when I was actually really drinking. And then okay. I just don't, you know, my, my whole family, my dad died of alcoholism last year. You know what I'm saying? And I, he was a perfect example of what not to like, you know, like, how do you live? There's two different ways to live is the way the doctors describe it. Right. You can live for like high quality moment, you know, like moment to moment, mm -hmm. like you're looking for like this really intense experience or are you looking for longevity? And those are the two different ways. Right. And they were trying to get me to decide whether he was going to keep living or not based on that idea. And they're like, well, since, you know, there was meth and heroin in his blood when he came oh, to the hospital, we're just going to assume that he was living for the moment and that he <laughs> wouldn't want to be a vegetable having a miserable long okay. experience. Right. Oh, wow. You had a so, decision like that to make. Yeah, it was pretty rough, bro. Fuck. Pretty crazy. That actually, like, that whole experience was pretty crazy catalyst to what I'm experiencing now, which is pretty amazing. Um, oh, yeah? Like, uh, yeah. down and then up? Like, you're riding a roller coaster here of, of stuff? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, kind of. So, like, I don't think many people know too much about my life. Um, Not until I, today, man. Millions and yeah. millions of people. <laughs> millions and millions you're on a server somewhere now even if it's not millions of people at some point they'll dredge up all the you know audio files and, and they'll be able to know everything well when Clucci, when Clucci gets big and it's a mainstream mm -hmm. name then motherfuckers are going to be digging it up they're gonna be like oh shit i want to hear the old stuff when he was just starting to make it yeah yeah so. i do the same like if i find almost anything that i like i like to go back and find you know it's early stages yeah. i did that with all my rock and roll kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. so my, my life, it was pretty rough. I grew up with a lot of trauma 
Um, I was born pretty, pretty intensely autistic. And so, and then my mom and my dad got divorced when I was four. He was like cheating and drinking and doing his thing. And so she married this Mormon bishop. Uh, he's, he was 45. She was 22 or 25 or something like that. And uh, he was a prison guard in the psychiatric department of the Oregon State Prison. And he was Holy. a Mormon bishop. And he was severely abused when he was a kid because his dad was this whatever PTSD war guy. And okay. walk up and knock him out and just ruthlessly beat him up and just all this crazy shit. So he was like that to me. He would beat me up every day. And Same difference. Like he didn't learn from it. He didn't learn from it. He learned how to do it to his kids. Okay. He thought that was the right, you know, he compared kids to dogs. You know, so you are you beating your kids nowadays too? <laughs> Am I beating my so, kids? Yeah, just to help the, you know, the whole tradition. No, I had to, I had to learn how to not do that. Right on. I'm sorry, man. Learn to keep (laughs) my hands off my kids. And it wasn't instant, you know, your, your first reactions as a parent are what you learn to do. And then you have to like observe that and just be like, okay, well, you know, like my hands shouldn't be on my children for any, any reason other than love and affirmation. Right. You know, and there's no other reason for me to fucking put my hands on my kids. There's absolutely no other reason. And it just took a lesson. Thank God my kids were pretty young when I learned it. Um, and I didn't do anything that was traumatizing. You know what I'm saying? It was right, just like, right. fucking, just like realizing like, oh shit, this could go really bad if I don't. But you myself. found yourself at that moment on occasion then just like the, your yeah. predecessors oh, yeah. had and their predecessors yeah. before them. Yeah. And you were able though to make a different decision. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not an instant thing though. It took, it mm-hmm. took years and years and years of processing those experiences and knowing what I wanted and what I didn't want. You know, and how to how do I take this crazy did you thing? Spank your children? Um, I did when they were really young. I wouldn't okay. do that again, though. Like if I had another kid, I would never spank them. Right. Just on. because it's just, it, I just don't see that it's a, a, a beneficial. You know, like know, man. It's, not a, it's not a way to build tr- trust and 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 security, which to me, I, for my childhood, uh-huh. it w- is the most important thing for my kids: okay. feeling trust and security, because that's just what I didn't have. Right. I have fear. And I had no, no, no sense of security. Right? It's just like well, I haven't mind. spanked my kid once. And that little butthead, I tell you, he lives to antagonize me. Hey, that, you know, that's, that's a lesson though. That's a clear sign to you that you've uh-huh. created a safe environment for him. Because if he feared you, oh, there's no okay. way he would do that. But because you've shown <laughs> okay. him that you love him enough that you guys can have a conflict and that he's still okay at the end of that conflict and he's still safe and he's still loved and he's still supported. And he still has everything that he had before he antagonized yeah, he you. You've yeah, shown man. him, you've proven to him that he can trust you. <laughs> okay. Right on. I like that. So when I he antagonized you, that's and a I like it. moment, bro. That's like, that's like a dad and a son living their best moment right there. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's just no way I would have antagonized my stepdad. Cause I was I afraid of, I was afraid of, yeah. Well, that really you brought you brought a huge smile to my face, really, because now as I'm looking back at this, and it's not like I didn't know that to some extent, but it definitely reaffirms it. I, well, I love when it I when he fucks it, it with me, huge. to be honest. Yeah, when I first heard that, it was huge for me. It was like, oh, okay, this means I'm on the right path. Because I was like, God, why am I always in conflict with this motherfucker? Jesus, uh-huh. just wants how, me to how, be miserable. How old are your kids? I uh, my son's 17. Young. I've been raising him by myself wow. since he was one. Um, oh, wow. my daughter's 10 and she lives with her mom and her stepdad. And I see her every other. Yeah. Different mothers from the different two children. 
different mothers. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I married my son's mom. She was, um, you know, pretty caught up with herself. And so that made it difficult to have a marriage. So I don't, that mm-hmm. didn't last very long. And, uh, the second one I was supposed to marry, um, but you were with you know, her on the show, I believe. Huh? Yeah. You were with Ink, your... Master, Ink Master happened and that fucked my head all up and I ended up cheating on her. And oh, that's uh, tough to come back from. Blew my blew my whole family up. Yeah, it's really really difficult experience, and it did take years to kind of process it and get to a, a somewhat of a good place. And, I, w- I want to talk about this for sure, but I need to go back to something for a minute because I don't want to let this slip. Um, you mentioned right away that you were born severely autistic. Yes. Now mm-hmm. I've never heard this from you before. See, I didn't even really know it until about a year ago. Okay. So I thought it was just like ADHD. And then I watched um, that show, Atypical. Uh-huh. Ever heard of it? But it's about an autistic. I have. I started yeah, I to watch it. I think yeah. I lost interest at some point, but I lose interest in everything. It's right. Sad. Well, I, I didn't lose interest in it because it felt like <laughs> it was a show, a show about me. And right. I was like, oh, I can relate to that and that and that and that and that and that. And I was like, okay, I wear the hoodie every single day and the headphones just to put out the noise because I can't fucking stand it. And, right. you know, like my socks have to be a certain way. And, you know, like just thing after thing after thing. And I, and I finally like started realizing, okay, well, maybe I should do some research on this and really understand. And, and uh-huh. then that was the thing, like the best way to diagnose yourself is to research other people's experience. And if that's similar to yours, then that's, is what you have, you know, that's what you're experiencing. This so, is amazing. I'm writing a song this about it actually. It's called mm-hmm. running away. It's, it's going to be really big deal. I think, um, as far as like putting my music out, but called running yeah. away. Yeah, it's, and called it's, running about, away. It's, it's about, about trying to get away from it's about being autistic. It's about being autistic. Okay. It's about being on the spectrum, it's on the spectrum and not that people not really understanding what it's like and talks personally about the struggle about feeling like running away. About trying. Yeah. It's the like reference course, maybe like running like, away from all my problems, which I could just run away from my problems, you know? So, okay. And, and just from meeting people at times too, if I, if sometimes you meet a gaze, you, you don't want to be there. You don't, you, am, am yeah. I wrong? Yeah. That's very common. Yeah. It's like very difficult to do social stuff. So that maybe helps you understand a little bit what you experienced with me on Ink Master. Yes. You know, I had, I had people reaching out. hundred percent. Are you, are like, I, I, I have Asperger's. Do you have that? I had three people reach out to me through social media saying my autistic son recognizes himself in you. And I was just like, screw you. How dare <laughs> Like, what? Are you fucking even kidding me? You're going to reach out to me and tell me you think I'm autistic? Awesome. Right. Now I'm. Oh, retard. my God. Really is what my that was my thought. So you like, started out angry. Retard. You got to go through all the emotions. Right. right. I was like, what the fuck? And then I started going. Oh, well, I just, well, then I had a friend that um mm-hmm. that has a son that had asperger's and me and him connected really really well and i told him at one time like hey you know have him come out and just spend spend a week with me and just see if he likes working with me and just wants to you know see if we enjoy that experience and he came out and at the end of the experience i'm like dude there's nothing wrong with you like what are you talking you're <laughs> just like me like you're exactly yeah. like me like there's literally nothing wrong with you you're completely capable of doing anything i don't know what the problem is and then i right. after time then i had to process that Right. And then I'm looking right. back and I'm going, OK, that's not true. <laughs> the only reason I relate to him is because we share the same symptoms. Well, can, can I tell you something about the very first time that I met you and what you said to me? Oh, I'd love to hear, with I'd all love this? To hear that because I cannot remember that for sure. The first thing you ever said to me, 
I mean, besides maybe we nodded at each other or whatever. Right. The first thing you ever said to me was in the shops, when we all had our shops and you came into my shop, I don't know, I was putting something away or listening to some music or something. And you said, I've got this in the bag. And I was shocked because that's not how you meet people that you're competing against necessarily. And then you said, I can do everything that anybody here can do. I've looked through other portfolios, but they cannot do what I can do. And right. not that you weren't wrong. Right. And certainly in right. your own opinion, you were certainly on point. Right. But that at least at is the time. Um, at least at the time. Yeah. 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 You were a little conceited, perhaps. I know that you've I was I, I was driven. I was very driven. You're very and driven. I, and, and, and I've studied manifestation heavily because okay. I want to be I want to be a powerful person in the world. And so I was exercising that. No, I think you did. And you you are one of the most talked about. I mean, when I say the most anticipated guest on my show uh i'm amazed that i have what i'm calling a show now uh, yeah, it's grown it's awesome. and um you are the most anticipated there's one other that you're kind of at a tie with and that's mystical and i hope oh, to have yeah. mystical yeah. mike on because i do love that kid yeah and uh and, and he's a deep person too a lot of a lot of the stuff um you he know, just like autism. He probably has autism too, or some sort of on the spectrum. There is, of there is definitely something that I am not at liberty to say until he gets on. I can't wait till he gets on. I've been goading him on. I still talk. We, we text back and forth. He's a little reluctant to uh, right. return my text sometimes right. because right. they are about the podcast and he is literally right. running away. And there uh -huh. may be something that puts him on the spectrum there. Right. Because um, he just talked to me at the last show we see, and he says, Kyle, man, I got your text, man. But, you know, I'm just I'm dealing with a lot. I'm uh -huh. like, hey, no, no problem. Whenever you're ready. You know, a lot of people want to hear you. And I hope that that there's a you know, that it helps people understand you better, too, as it helps me understand you better. As well, being autistic, my hesitation was <laughs> just like I'm trying to do some other shit. I ain't, I, you know what I'm saying? I've already, I've already pretty much maxed out my tattoo career. I guess I could charge more money, but I can't book any fucking further. I couldn't possibly get more fans. I couldn't possibly get more attention. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just, mm -hmm. it's, it's just crazy. So it's like, well, what do I, I can't live like this, right? Like I can't live in a situation where I have fucking 10 emails a day from random chicks that want to fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tons is that what blew your head up learn. with uh, that? That huh? blew your head up too after the Ink Master. Did that because you said you kind of got your head blown up a bit and yeah, that caused your relationship You know what I'm saying? Like what this this idea of what that should mean? And I just got it's like distorted in my mind about like my life that I was living and what what, what was I wanting? And I just wasn't. I, I knew what I wanted, which is what I'm doing now. And I knew you were that driven. It Huh? You were you were you were so driven. I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're I'm just good. Remarking uh, that that you were. I, I mean, we we um you were already turning over ideas for shows in your head, like within oh, the dude. first. Few oh, episodes. dude, I got on I got on Ink Master not directly, but because of years of work doing that. Like I I auditioned okay. for season two for Ink Master. I had three shows written. I had almost sold one of them. And then I was like, and it didn't work. And then I was like, and then I had like a restaurant for a while. And I was so like desperate to make something happen that I was trying to get on Kitchen Nightmares. That almost happened. And then it just okay. didn't. And then I just got so frustrated, right? Because I was like, damn, I read the fucking manifestation books. They tell me <laughs> that if I just do it every single day and I just do it and do it and do it and do it, eventually 
you've done enough things to where it just has to happen for you. And it wasn't happening. And I'm just like, God, okay, screw this. I'm giving up. I'm not going to be on TV. I'm just going to focus on tattooing. I'm just going to be the best tattoo artist I can be and get fulfilled in that way. I'm going to move to Portland. I'm going to go. I've always had this like weird fantasy of working with James Kern. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work with James Kern. I'm going to get this job. And uh, that's going to be that I'm just going to become a better tattoo artist. Like that's all I'm going to care about. Right. So I did that. And the first month I was there, Ink Master called the shop. <laughs> like, hey, you want to be on TV? And I just wanted to be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, my God, I tried so hard. I did but everything. That's the way manifestation is supposed that's to work. Am I right? I learned. I got, okay. It was the most beautiful lesson, bro, because it taught me exactly how this is going to work in the future. Right? You're going to put the work okay. in. Work and work and work. Do everything that you can until you give up. Because at that point, you're giving up. The only reason you're going to give up, if you're driven like me, is because you know you've done everything. You know what I'm saying? You okay, know yeah. that it should be happening because you've done everything and you believe in the process. That moment that you're really willing to give up, that's the moment shit's going to start happening because you've done everything. Because that actually works. You know what I'm saying? When you but do you should keep going works. then at that moment too. Am I wrong? Yeah, you should. Did, but it's but hard, you didn't. You know? I mean, <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, definitely you're not wrong at all. And, okay. and I'm not saying that I shouldn't have kept going. I'm just saying that was my indicator. That's how I learned. So next okay. time I feel the same way, like, fuck, I've done everything. I've had the features on the other people's albums. I did the tours. I got the great music. I got the great artwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have all these connections, but it's just not, why is it not blowing up yet? Where's the money? Why is it not happening? That's mm-hmm. the moment I know just to keep going because it's going to happen. Because I've already done it. <laughs> so right on, when the eviction notices start piling in, yes. when the bills start piling up, when you know it's about to break. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> you've done it all. You've spent it all. You've got put all your time, energy, money, love, passion, uh-huh. you know, sacrifice time with your family. You know Which is saying? happening now then. Huh? It must be. And that, that's happening now then with, with Kluge. Um, so, so I had, uh, uh, right after my, my daughter's mom, we were together for seven years and after I cheated on her and we split up, I did some like messing around. And then I met this girl and we ended up being in a relationship. She, I was doing a bunch of art at the time and she, she was doing similar art and she just, we just kind of latched on and um, got, I did my first art show, like a solo art show uh, here in Portland. It was like a two week thing. It was pretty amazing. Oh, it's exciting. It was so That's awesome. It's really exciting. That doesn't just happen. I mean, Portland's a big city doesn't just happen. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. Uh, and then um, we were together for five years, but she just happened to be like, like, a, like a super sick alcoholic, right? Just like very, very ill person. And she had trauma that she had gone through and she was, she was coping with that with the alcohol. And I wasn't really aware. I wasn't trying to be judgmental of anybody. I have so many problems with people in my life with alcohol that I try really hard to not be judgmental. If somebody says they drink, okay. I just let them let them do their thing until I, you know, and, and I just assume that it's not a problem because I just think that that's just really right. prone. I'm really prone to just assuming that if somebody's it's drinking, that they have a problem because of right. my experience. Right. So I really work hard to just give people the benefit of the doubt and not let that get in the way of relationships. And this was the wrong person to do that with, evidently. But I spent I spent right. five years with her. She it was like so as soon as I said anything about the alcohol, it was like after a really bad night of her being mm-hmm. 
And I was just like, you know, woke up the next morning. I was kind of in a mood. Hadn't really ever mentioned anything. Hadn't even ever been in a mood with her before. We were together for six months at this point. And I go, she goes, what's wrong? You need to tell me. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I'm getting my daughter ready for school. Like, can I just tell you later? And she's like, you're going to make me get so selfish of you. You're going to make me go to work, not right. know what the hell's going on. And I was like, well, you know, I, I, I kind of have a problem with your drinking. And you were really, really mean last night. You said some fucked up stuff. And she was just like, I mean, you know, her face just turned like, oh, shit, I just got caught. And then it got angry. And she said, fuck you. Right. I'm out. Right. Bye. You're never seeing me again kind of thing. And I should have let that happen. Right. But I didn't let it happen. And then I <laughs> continued that exercise almost on a daily basis because she promised she would quit drinking. And then it was right. you know, like bargaining. Yeah. Well, no. Then it was like, well, no, you, 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 did, you, did, you did you drink today? You said you weren't going to. No, of course uh, I didn't. And then it's like, well, you sure smell like it, and you're sure slurring, and there sure is a bottle of wine half empty right there. Right. You know, it's just like, it, so now you're the warden. Turn into a war. It turned into a yeah. war, and it was every day to the point where I was like trying to go. I, I, I couldn't tattoo anymore because every single day I'd be at the tattoo shop if I could get there, and then I'd be on the phone with her and some huge hectic fucking fight to the point where right. all my tattoos stopped, all my tattooing stopped everything like it just, oh. i just wasn't able to tattoo anymore maybe once a week that's all i could get because it was just i had fucked everything up so bad from the chaos from letting her affect my life right it ruined it ruined my her alcoholism her alcoholism that's why now. they say uh alcoholism is a, is so much like disease i've been convinced it is a disease bro I, i've had Not people so tell like me otherwise life. and but i mean when you study it with the epidemiology it infects other people it has it it hurts other people near yeah. It's, it's a disease well. that has to be, and it has to be treated. You can't just stop, right? It's like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's really horrible. Have, but have you been addicted way, before yourself? Huh? Um, Were you no. addicted yourself? I mean, nothing other, like other than cigarettes or whatever, but right. nothing, no drugs or alcohol. Um, I did do lots of drugs and alcohol in my time, but not <laughs> all, all when I was really You're young. You're famous for I, some of it. I did get famous for the weed part. Yeah, but that's good for you, man. Okay, I mean, you I still, have a mixed feeling about that too. I, I feel like you know, smoke in general mm -hmm. is toxic yeah. to your body. But if you can get if you get the THC and the CBD in your body, I use like a vape pen, and I try to keep as much CBD in it as I can, just because you don't feel that. You just get the health benefits okay. from it. So that's pretty okay. much where I'm at. We then what about the vape pen? Doesn't it, what about the electrical? stuff going on there the wicks yeah and all those things. anything yeah. to worry I, I talked to my doctor about it yeah. he was like you really want to know the studies on this and it's really not good for you and i'm like yeah cool show me something and he sent uh -huh. me like something that like had like cases of people getting their lungs burned and i'm just like that's not first of all cancer which is what i'm trying to avoid and right. second of all that's not going to happen to me i'm using like a a, a mainstream seven you know buying a 7-eleven like a vape that every like millions and millions of people use if they were burning people's lungs they would change the they would change the formula they would figure it this out this was okay this was very right. recent right right uh -huh. so yeah the study yeah, was too yeah i don't know when the study was but it wasn't okay beneficial to me in understanding you know the like overall any, longevity yeah, there was problem no, there's no logic to thinking it's dangerous there just really isn't right well there's some of it is obviously going to be dangerous but trusting but the manufacturers and maybe knowing more yeah, I used to have like one no guy, more. he would, he would, uh, there was actually, a, they're probably still out there. They would have a picture of the bud that the oil or the vape came from like okay. on the packaging uh -huh. of the, of the cartridge. Okay. So okay. that I don't know what that proved. I don't think but, it was. Okay. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> that he can take yeah. pictures. Well, there was a there was a mo- there was a moment, and I think it was like just really in New York City, and there was a bunch of uh, uh, illegal cartridges coming out that people were just making yeah. in, on the streets, and those they were cutting with vitamin E oil or something like that, and that was really yeah. hurting people, right? Okay. Like people were having yeah. going to the hospital. Some people died. And, and so what they do is they, it's just like what they did with weed, right? Where it's like, they take something and they focus on it. And then they say that somehow is how all right. the law on everything in order to deal with this one thing. That's not actually substantial information that doesn't help understand that situation at all. So right. with, with weed, it was worse. They fucking gassed a bunch of monkeys in a gas mask with no oxygen, pumped ounces of weed into their fucking brain until they died. And then they bring that study to Nixon, and that's how they—that's how he decided to start. I'm sure there was more to it, but that was the the actual study that was used to create the law. Well, not to create the the law was created well before that. Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know about oh, federal know. law, but in California, my understanding of the law, and I'm now no lawyer. This is just coming from some propaganda that I read for the weed people. I think it's right. from. Um, reefer madness but that they originally crafted the laws uh to keep tacos out of mexico or no out of california i know stupid as that sounds but people were coming over from mexico they were selling tacos to the miners and the people that were settling those towns and the the business owners that ran food places there weren't able to compete with the tacos that were being sold so Uh, they made weed illegal because the mexicans were also smoking weed as a natural habit of their own and then they made that illegal to um to control that and, and it stayed pretty much illegal because you know it's hard to get things off uh it, and then it was what else uh, off the control so many system. so many stories like that well yeah, one is yeah. the newspapers also that felt that uh marijuana as a crop would ruin their ability to get paper from wood that they also yes. began as that large the bigger problem papers mm-hmm. they wanted here's, to here's yeah. another thing there's two things mm-hmm. right there's the tim Industry, which is huge in Oregon that com- that directly competed with the marijuana crop or the hemp crop or whatever right. that they were using, which was the main crop in this country for a very, very long time. Um, and then there was the medical industry where they had just kind of come out with syringes, right? Yes. And so yes. you can't stick, they were using marijuana as a medicine, but you couldn't put it in a syringe. So that was and so they couldn't make their money you know what I'm saying? so it's like anything in the medical that was like really probably the beginning of the medical complex industrial complex is when they were like okay well you know if you can't put it in a syringe then it's not medicine and we're not going to sell it and we're going to make it illegal we're going to fight against it and that so that is it. two potheads um, um ideas of the rhetoric and the history of well and then you want any real Vietnam stuff war there's also the Vietnam oh, war and all the protests of the Vietnam war and all the hippies that were smoking weed and how they made all that you know, like that yeah, had to be helped. We, the American people had to had to be manipulated through propaganda for us to think of them as hippies. You know what I'm saying? Like that had that happened from our media, from our fucking government so that we would. So we were divided. Like that's right. how it works. Just the same thing we're experiencing now where our government takes words and ideas and they use them <laughs> to divide people as hard as they can. Like, you know, the right and how, how incredibly divided the right and left are right now. Like that's on purpose. That's not on accident. And that's done through our media. I believe. (laughs) Well, and through our politics. Now here, here's the fucked up part about this. My wife 
I was already starting all political this morning. Candy was like, go ahead and clear your mind of that shit because you don't want to talk about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I also knew there was a good chance because uh, honestly, you and I have had relatively deep conversations, not necessarily that we engaged in them long. Right. But I know that you are empathetic uh, to the plights of politics, especially um, when the bombing went off. Not that that was politics, but you were really when the bombing in Boston happened, we were there filming yeah. and it really impressive. affected you. Yeah. You, I well, thought that I, you were I was acting in the military, point. Mm-hmm. I see things differently. I was in the military. I got I got recruited for 9-11 before 9-11 happened. In the okay. Navy, right? And I got a special program called the, the GTEP program. And it was for kids that were criminals, homeless, you know, criminal record, homeless, no high school. Uh-huh. Right. This they, was you. They, this was me, right? I was homeless. You didn't have you didn't have a diploma or you, you were a I criminal? had dropped out of high school. I was homeless and I had a criminal record. Oh my God, dude. I think we yep. skipped some stuff. I really I'm really bad at this sometimes. We need so like 10 good. hours if we're gonna get everything, but <laughs> okay. You know, well, I guess we'll skip ahead. So you're in the Navy then. Uh you're right, in so a special no, I joined the Navy. Yes, mm-hmm. when 9-11 happens. 9-11 happens the day that I get out of the, the day after I'm done with boot camp, the first day oh, I'm wow. on leave. I'm smoking weed. <laughs> My dad calls me and he goes, son, you're going to war. And I'm like, the fuck? Fuck I am. I literally joined <laughs> right. the Navy during a time of peace because right. of that, because of the no risk. And he's like, nope, get turned on the TV. And I saw, you know, like many people did, right. the planes. I, right. I watched the second plane hit and I started crying. I was like, dude, I got to get off the phone. But I didn't understand that until after I was already out of the Navy, right? Because mm-hmm. it took just hearing so many stories about what's actually was the purpose of that. What were we actually doing there? Um, 9-11 is about, is about Afghanistan and our opium. Nobody really wants to talk about that, but it's not just that, not just 9-11 is about that. All that shit, the, the fucking desert storm. People don't even think mm-hmm. about desert storm anymore. Uh, my daughter's stepdad was in desert storm. Well, were a- you in, you were in any of these deployments too or not? I was tech support for the SEALs during that time. So I was stayed at home okay. and I'd send them, send them out overseas. I did, I did all the, all the weapons. So I would make sure they had the weapons. I'd make sure they ma- maintain. Um, and then I would pack physically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I we built an armory, but it just, you know, I did consumables. That was like my main job was um, buying consumables. Uh, but yeah, so I supported the Navy SEALs um, during that whole time. But so my, so my daughter's stepdad, was in the desert storm. He, he shared this experience with me. And this is just on top of a bunch of other stories, right? That kind of make, comes all comes together. But his story was that he, uh, there was two things that happened during one day. One was that his superior officer, whoever that was, his commander or whatever, mm-hmm. authorized murdering a, a, a large group of civilians, women and children, just fucking straight up killing them, right? Just murdered, murdered them all. Just for no real reason, they were, I don't even know, it was, it was, it was just more convenient to do that than do it, whatever the humane thing would be, which I've learned is a this pretty is, normal American situation. Like we, we, we don't mind murdering people as long as there's no accountability for it. We're very, actually very prone to do that. Um, so as then, people, as, as, as society, civilian. as, or well, as yeah, we're like, yeah, America, force, that's what I'm Enforcement. Learned. Yeah, no, we kill, we kill our own people. We'll kill other people. We don't care. We don't care. As long as there's some sort of political or economical gain. To be had, okay. we will kill 
I mean, just think about if just uh, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, right. Keep with the story. But way, if you feel to let me know. Yeah, let's just say let's just say that the uh, for for nine eleven. Um, well, for Desert Storm, when when my whatever daughter's stepdad was there that same day that his superior officer authorized all these people to be killed, they also came upon an opium field, a large opium field. Right. So they're like, fuck, this, mm-hmm. this is illegal and horrible. We can't have opium growing here while we're trying to do whatever. They didn't know anything. So they took their flamethrowers to the opium field. Right. Right. So then at the end of that day, we have heard of his this. superior officer and him all standing in, in the Navy. It was called captain's mast. I don't know what they call it. I don't know what they call it in the in the Marines or whatever he was in. Um, well, convening both. The you're you're in trouble. Talking. You're in trouble, right? You're standing before your okay. captain or your 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 the highest officer. He's going to be punishing you because some shit happens, right? Because so, you burnt somebody's you burnt crop. some crop and you murdered some people, right? Both things were up okay. for discussion. So the murdering people completely dismissed. Oh, we were just trying to do this. Okay, cool. You're good. The crops. If you ever touch another opium flower poppy flower you are going to prison for the rest of your life do not ever fucking touch another fucking poppy do you understand that was what was given to him so the commanding officer from the highest in charge down to the guy that burnt the poppy fields the murders no problem the fucking opium that in my opinion fueled the opium pandemic right after that right why why (laughs) do we have a huge opium pandemic at the same time we're in afghanistan protecting opium from the Taliban, which were just people living there that didn't want the Americans growing opium in their fucking country, stealing their water, stealing their resources, all the stuff like we do in every country. They were had a problem with it. And then if you look at the whole thing, if you go down the road of the leaders that they killed, they use the same technique that they use in every situation. This is something I learned in art school. They don't teach it in law school. They don't teach it in whatever accounting school. But when you go to art school and you go to an American history class, they teach this shit, right? This is what? It's about, it's, there's a book called something like American Hitman or something like that. And it's a guy that was participating in these kind of exercises. And he wrote a book about it after he had retired. And it says that in, order, in every situation, American, America has a process for um, gaining resources and control over land in other countries. Step one, you ask them for their shit. Let's just say whatever fucking avocados in Guatemala. We say, we want your avocados. We want your land and we want your resources to grow those avocados. We want you to work for your people to work for free. And you want to, we want you to send them, send them to us for, for nothing. Right. That's the normal okay. way. That's have. insane though. Right. That never normally works. the country is so afraid of America that they just say yes. Most of the time. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they don't say yes. So then if they don't say yes, then we try to do a coup, right? We call them a terrorist. We call them an anti-humane blah, 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 blah. We push all this bullshit out to our society and to, to validate us fucking uh, supporting their people and overthrowing their own government. And then we place a new person in place that will agree with us. Right. Okay. If that doesn't work, which it usually does, then they send in the fucking assassin to kill that leader. Blackwater, one of, you know, whatever, one of our commonly known murdering groups of people that are around the world just killing people because we want them to not military just people that we give guns pay them to kill people right and we have them okay. like, like blackwater's a good example um which i only i almost joined blackwater by the way no. <laughs> military. yeah yeah I, I i looked it up and i found a website it asked me for my uh-huh. whole military history 
asked for my social. I pushed send. I could never fucking find it again. I could never find the website again. I found it one time. I submitted. I never heard from them. And I never, like I said, I searched for it again and I could never find it. It's pretty <laughs> what? Like it went black. It went dark on you after you submitted. They're like, nope, you never get this. You like literally, it, literally, I know your IP it wouldn't come up. There was nothing. It was nothing. And they wanted to know every weapon that I had ever off, uh, fired, how many people mm-hmm. I had killed, like everything. It was right. pretty intense, bro. But now, yeah, I don't you, know, man. have I, you killed people then? Is that no, you were kind of no, mostly no. a support role? No, no, I didn't kill. I didn't. I didn't. You think they weren't that interested in you for the support role because they they uh, they didn't say anything. They, I just assumed that it didn't reach anybody and I just moved on. But. But yeah, I mean, that's 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 my perspective on our government. Right. And it comes from just studying history. I have a similar perspective on Christianity that discusses Jesus as just a regular dude that's based on Roman history, which Christians don't study. It's fucking insane. But you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I actually study the stuff that's based around the thing because I don't believe anything. Right. Right. Well, it's hard to just straight up believe the Bible necessarily because it's been through hands that have had the desire to control it right yeah and it's not even that it's just believing the history of christianity okay. in general like it just they dismiss they dismiss the fact that all women that were part of the church back then right were mm-hmm. uh could go to their church thousands of women did this could go to their church go to their leader or whatever he was their bishop or their pastor or whatever and get a blessing for their child to say that their okay. child has the possibility of being born as god Right. That was a common, okay. common exercise. Guess what they called that blessing? I don't know. What? Immaculate conception. Oh. Guess what we consider <laughs> okay. immaculate conception now? Well, the, the, the divinity, the um, mother Mary and her birth, right? Well, that's what we think. But that was just one of thousands of women that had that same experience. And the reason that she's the one that's remembered is because when Jesus joined up with John the baptism, who already had a religion, and started mm-hmm. learning about religion and creating his own religion, he remembered, oh, my mom got this immaculate conception and I'm creating a religion. So if I, you know what I'm saying? So if I use that as part of my teachings, then I'm the son of God, which he really didn't teach. He taught that everybody is. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like an interesting, it's an interesting story. I, I followed over, I've but. got another interesting part for you then. Tell me if you thought ever thought of this. Uh, the plight of poor Joseph, you know, like right. the first time his wife ever had dick, it was God dick. And then he had to follow that up. That's like here, poison following who, up who, after Metallica. Who told that story? Who told the story? You know what I'm of saying? What? Of, of the Immaculate Conception? Who and, when, who and when was that story told? And I only asked that question because I grew up Mormon and I found out way like 20 years after leaving the religion that Joseph Smith didn't tell the story about him being a 15 year old getting approached by the angel Moroni until he was 30. That's when he told the story for the first time and started <laughs> okay. the religion. So when, right. when you Man, that's me, a good religion. I mean, if you want to see some funny religion. stuff. It's a weird one, but it's a great one. Yeah. You I, like prefer it still, really? far, I prefer Pastafarian. That's my favorite okay. religion. I was wondering, how, how do you feel about the Mormon church? Then do you feel it's corrupt in some fashion as well? Or uh, I don't, yeah, I don't. Been I don't. corrupted? Uh-uh. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what corrupting. I think it's a great religion. Yeah. I think people are wonderful. I have tons of family that are Mormon. They're beautiful people. Their beliefs are beautiful. Um, and if you can, if you can l- be loved by a God truly in your own mind, you are uh-huh. one of the most powerful people in this world because then you don't need anybody 
you don't need love from or judgment, person. right? Huh? You, you, then don't you rise above societal judgment too? Isn't that I guess, almost the fear? I guess I'm less worried about that. And I'm, I think I'm, I'm more, I'm just looking at the positives, right? I'm less well, thinking about I, like, I'm saying like with uh, Brigham Young and, uh, and John Smith, wasn't that kid's name? Joseph like with Smith. his Joseph Smith. Yeah. yeah with his, uh, his, uh, his predilections for young children. Oh, I don't know anything about that. No, come on. That. Yeah, you do. No, I don't know anything about that. I was raised Mormon. So all I've done. Is How do you know so much that. about the Christians and their, their evil plots and the government and their evil plots, but you, you, the Mormon, uh, that, that escaped you that, it's just not that interesting to me yeah i don't know but the joseph smith uh had sex with young girls yeah i didn't know that at all I, that never had to come no. up in my in anything that i've ever no. heard of yeah <laughs> you were not aware now what about the mormons that followed in joseph smith's footsteps that then also married underage children yeah i never heard anything about underage at all i there was well, lots of discussion with about them. like there was always the discussion about polygamy and okay polygamy wives yeah. But uh, and oftentimes no. those wives are are under the age of 18. Yeah, that just wasn't something that's that's been discussed in my in my, my world. Is um, it not interesting that. to you, too, though? Yeah, I mean, I just really have a hard time. I was gr- <laughs> I grew up with a with a prison guard in a psychiatric unit of a prison. Guess what he talked yeah. about all the fucking time. That was a Mormon. Yeah. Guess what he talked about all the time? How that oh. I was going to become a pedophile because I was drawing women. And the people in his prison were also drawing women. And so because I was doing a similar action to them, that I was prone to be a pedophile. Oh, and it wow. was constant, bro. It was constant. So I don't even fucking, I don't even like that subject at all. I thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just stay away from pedophile shit. Like, yeah. it creeps me. Not only does I, I just like, I have kids, you know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. the most horrible. And also I was, I was assault. Like, a, I, I have my own experience with that shit as a kid. So I don't even not your stepfather, though. No, just some it was a woman, but it was, you know, it's just it's pretty traumatizing. Kind of fucked me up for a long time. But uh, I'm trauma. People don't understand. So I don't even like like that uh, at all. Yeah, I stay away from the pedophile stuff, man. That's just it's not a comfortable subject to me. Okay, that's why it it drew parallels for your uh, interest in uh, Christianity kind of going off of its direction right. possibly yeah. for for good and and mormonism and so that's that's the only reason i i because my understanding of mormonism and my reading of the bible and the history uh er, not the bible but the the book of mormon um yeah. which i didn't get so far i i got on the first couple of chapters <laughs> i got a bible out of vegas because they had the mormon one yeah. out there yeah and i've always yeah. been interested a bit in the story my mom I'm, I grew up Christian, so my mom told us when we would see the Church of Latter-day Saints commercials, yeah. and we would ask them about that. And they said, Mom, I can get this free other companion book to the Bible. And my mom said it was Satanism. So that was my experience with it, but that also made me very interested in it, which is kind of funny when when people do that, and they're like, that's Satanism, leave it alone. And you're like, hmm, I think I'm interested in the Satanisms. Of course, yeah. Don't touch that. <laughs> yeah, I touch it. I think I'm gonna touch it. But yeah, I don't know. That's just my background. Uh, okay. For me, and, and and really, I kind of started talking about that just to kind of just, you, were, you were saying politics, right? And I was just right. Well, like, we were well, really talking about your your time in the navy. 
<laughs> and then we right. got steered a little bit. Well, so, no, well, that started because of mm -hmm. us starting to talk about, um, we were, you were saying, oh, I don't really want to discuss, well, I don't know, maybe it didn't go like, oh, no, I, were discussing, I, I, like, don't I don't want to discuss politics. <laughs> and I was like, okay, doesn't. well, let me give you my background if, if we do discuss politics, because, it, you know, the next okay. thing to come up yeah. was, was going to be Ukraine, right? Like, I don't have a whole lot to say about coronavirus that I don't think, I think everybody has come together somewhat on the same page where we can all believe that it's a true thing that happened. We can all <laughs> right. believe that it's definitely being uh, somewhat influenced by capitalism. Right. And there's some fishy fucking shit that we don't get to so, know. So some of it, though, we were going to. So the next thing, though, besides that, that we don't have so much clarity on would be Ukraine's war. Ukraine, but have, here's the thing about Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Ukraine, I've been, I was watching it for a year before that happened, and it was constant media. And it's like, why the fuck is the U.S. media posing an assault from Russia to Ukraine as if, as if it's an inevitability for a year? As if it's an inevitability. They never no. talked about it as if it might happen or there's a risk. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable. Wasn't it imagined, though, that, that this because because they already took Crimea, right? I don't know. And they had that already. Was, I'm talking about okay. I'm talking about. I, are, are you, Crimea was like the first city they took, or I don't know what yeah, Crimea. Uh, is. Yeah, yeah, some time ago, before uh, 2012, even I think, right, okay. 2011 okay. or something. So then we have NATO positioning themselves on the border of Russia, while we're saying that we're going to, why that it's inevitable for Russia to respond to that, right? And I'm not, I'm not going to make any mm -hmm. assumptions. I'm just going to say things that I know. Right. Okay. So the other thing I know is that um, the money, right, is always the next thing to go to. In this whole situation, the money is coming from the American people to the defense contracts, American defense contracts. That's the financial thing that's happening. So, okay. like, kind of just put two and two together. I don't, I, obviously, I don't know anything. I'm not in the military now. I don't know anything, any of those people. I'm not involved in any of it. I'm just watching and I'm just going, okay, well, what's the outcome? Well, the outcome is that our American defense companies just made billions of dollars, billions and billions <laughs> of dollars. Our right. American defense companies, guess what they got that money from us. Right. Now is it, it's already part of con congressional approved spending or were they making more congressional approve, approvals approved for spending, spending after the thing, right? They approved the okay, spending. Yeah. After the thing. Oh, we got a conflict now. Oh, this is so terrible. We have this huge conflict. Most people are dying. Let's get let's get this approve all this billions of dollars from American taxpayers to pay all of our fucking defense companies so we can send all these. We're not going to send any people over there because we don't want to lose right. any people. We don't make any money on that. Well, yeah. And we could we, we also could end up in a nuclear war if we send people over there. Yeah, I don't I, I don't feel like anybody feels like that's actually a risk. Oh, really? Personally. personally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. Putin does want to take things over, but I don't think he wants to blow the earth up. And everybody knows if that everybody knows Putin's not stupid. Right. You know, can threaten it. if we find ourselves at war with Putin and we have nuclear weapons and he has nuclear weapons, the possibility of that escalation is is much more inevitable. If we don't totally, have troops I, over there. I totally understand the dialogue. Right. right. I just okay. don't I just don't buy it. OK. Right. The same thing with the fucking coronavirus. I went through the whole thing. I get the dialogue. I hear it. You oh. guys. I hear that the fucking vaccine is safe and effective and all this other shit masks work 
and all these things. Uh, I don't fucking buy any of it. I don't buy okay. any of it. I'm watching the money. And the money doesn't say that this is a pandemic. The money that says this is a huge shift in, in wealth. That's what the okay. to That's, To medical groups. To already. Amazon. To Zoom. To medical industry. To, uh, what was the other thing I was just thinking of? There's another big one. Um, oh, it's just, but, but then, is, is that just throwing... a? a blanket of suspicion over anybody that is in a position to make profit off of crisis. It's not suspicion. It's a blanket uh -huh. knowledge that anybody in the position to make profit off of crisis will. Okay. That the they will. But that's then, the then now there seems like there's an imagination then that you have the, uh, those people are more than happy to exasperate that and maybe even cause it. I wouldn't necessarily go that far, okay. but I wouldn't put it past us if you look at our history. <laughs> right. Well, greed. Same uh, thing with 9-11. Uh, no. I wouldn't go so uh -huh. far as to say that George Bush purposely blew up the Twin Towers and stole the, the largest bank of fucking gold that was at the bottom of those buildings that was talked about once in the news and then never talked about again by anybody. Um, I also wouldn't go so far as to say that he <laughs> did that intentionally. I wouldn't go so far as to say that because that puts me into quite the conspiracy theory category, right? I'm right, now a very, very crazy thinking person. You're already, just by saying it a little bit, you're teetering. But I wouldn't put it past this. I'm not saying okay. that, I know that, I that I know or even think or believe that that happened. I'm just right. saying I know the history of our country and I know that we are very willing to kill thousands and thousands of people for a, a financial gain. Am We're I very right in thinking that this is other countries in order for our financial gain? We're currently enslaving other countries that we don't talk about. Like, like with all the people that are making our t-shirts in South America and their fucking buildings are crumbling and they get fucking 10 cents okay. a day. Like that's ours. That's us. That's us. We're wearing those clothes. What are and, the ones that the military actually those... take control okay. of that asset? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how we work. People don't like yeah, to believe I... it. Am but I right in thinking that this is probably a part of your music then too? Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how, I figure how, how literal. I'm a little bit nervous even about speaking because most of the time I'm just with one person, right? I don't have like a lot of people. I don't have an audience. So it's like uh, I can speak freely with that one person, right? And that's right. what I found out about society nowadays, right? Like people are so awesome one-on-one, -on -one, but in, in, in a group setting, people are horrible. Per I like to horrible. say persons are great i love persons and yes. i hate people yes i love i love people i hate the public right um, well i feel like once you get a people that's basically that right so like a person exactly. is that one-on-one -on -one right. and i have the ability yeah. and and what i find many times honestly is that like i have very different um political views than a large majority of my friends oftentimes, mm -hmm. but yet we will be friends and love each other, have very diametric views. I wasn't a big fan of Donald Trump and a lot of my friends are great big fans. Mm -hmm. of that. So mm -hmm. in there, uh, but, but I still love those people. Mm -hmm. You know, I love them enough that I don't go on Facebook anymore because I don't want to see that. It's like, uh, well, how about know. this? I had somebody, I posted about Snoop Dogg. I, had, I don't know what mm -hmm. it was. And I had somebody come on and, tell me oh i used to like him but then he because of his beliefs i don't really like him and i'm just like i had to send a message to him like do you not understand that there's a difference between the person and their beliefs 
Like their beliefs are something that is manipulatable. They can change because of the media. They could change because right. of what you say, but their person, that's who they are. That's how they treat you. That's how they act. You know, that's their, that's you, their humanity. Yeah. Do they have good humanity? Are you judging their humanity? Or are you judging right. a perspective that they might temporarily have? It's like, could why we, we need to that's stop judging call. each other for beliefs and belief systems and, and start, you know, like understanding that it's the person separate. Right. They're not I believe that. Yeah. Oh, well, then, then how does Bill Cosby fit into that? Um, he used to make me laugh. Say, I would say that Bill Cosby, I would, I would judge his person and say, like, if as a person, you take actions that hurt people, that that's that's how you should be judged. Okay. For those actions. Right yeah. yeah. So and then and, and I want to do say I still have the ability to, to laugh? Like, do I have to feel bad for laughing at him for so many years? No, that's ridiculous. That's okay, ridiculous. That's you. like that's like getting Good, rid of I love that shit. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so like you you can't judge somebody for something you didn't know about them and their entertainment. That's even a, another separate thing. Right there now, how about my admiration of him for his uh, his civil rights work? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 we, we I can take, still have admiration for that. We we have a really hard time um, seeing different categories of a single person, right? We see one thing they did, and all of a sudden that's that whole person, but we don't remember the other things that they might have done or said that have been awesome or that have helped people or that are whatever, you know. And right. and honestly, you know, if you just from all the therapy that I've done in the last year from, um, you know, just having to deal with my dad dying and, and I breaking up with this, this chick that I was all sick in my head with, uh, I've learned mm -hmm. a lot about, um, but right, pretty, right. pretty much it's just like, it's just to really like, I, I don't know where I was going with this, but I think it had something to do with just expressing like empathy, right? Like I have, and that comes with, with autism, which a lot of people don't understand. They think that okay. because of the way you, you communicate, um, that you don't actually aren't able to empathize with other people, but it's okay. actually the opposite. Like autistic people have uh, a magnified uh, empathy. It's actually and so it's almost too powerful to yep. want to deal with. But, like I can't even I can't even see a guy that's like in the coal. Like there's so many fucking homeless people here, and so much like devastation okay. to humanity here, and I can't like literally I cannot like see them without giving them what I have. Right. Like if I have money in my pocket, if I have a jacket that would keep them warmer, like I can't help it because I go down that road of like I was homeless. You know what I'm saying? Right, I've been in. Right. I know what it's like. I know how much it hurts. I know how much I know how how it would have felt for somebody to do anything for me, which nobody did. Right. Like I and so just I, I just can't help it. Like how how do you deal with see? I mean, because then you see this destruction around you all the time. You're out there in Portland. Yeah. I mean, how I, much I, do you I, have money I, left? I've got I've got paintings of homeless people i've take I, you know i try to like document it and um mm. I, I don't know that's really that's and, and i try to i try to also uh you know stay away from it really like as much as i can like not get not participate because if i start like getting involved i, I would get i would give everything away you know what i'm saying like yeah that's what i was wondering how how do you you kind of have to put blinders on then right but it's imagine. kind of the same thing that i do with the way I deal with all of my life, right? Like it's easier for me to communicate with people through art and music rather than communicating directly with people. That so 
You you say you've already toured uh, with Clucci as Clucci. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Uh-uh. No, this is all new. I was Joshua Six for a while. I've been making this music for 11 years now. If you can go back and uh, look up, there's a, there's a YouTube video from 2011 or 10 or something like that. And it's uh-huh. called Tattoo Artist Rap. And I think you type my name, Joshua Hibbert, right? And it brings mm-hmm. up this old video way before any Eek Master stuff or anything like that. And it's me just doing my very first rap that I ever wrote. And I wanted to share it with my client. And he was just like, hold on. And he popped his phone up and recorded it and put it on YouTube. And I was so mad. It's like, dude. Uh, and now it's forever. What are you doing? And now it's like, I look back on it and it's like, wow, that wasn't even that bad for my first one. And like, right. look where I've come now. You know, like 10 years of working and writing songs. I've been releasing songs under Joshua Six for a long time. I just didn't have okay. that confidence in it. To re- and I didn't have an understanding at all of how to do it right. And So where does, where does Clucci come in? Yeah. So I'm driving to the beach with my alcoholic ex. And we pass this sign. I feel like we need to give her a fake name so that you can. I mean, maybe Alcoholic X is 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 a is a good enough one. It's a good one. So, uh, so I I'm driving to the beach with her, and we see this sign, and it says Cluchy Creek. Okay. Right. Turns here, and I'm like, Cluchy. That's a because I'm like just on it constantly, trying to think of a fucking good name. I I went through Joshua's Joshua Six. First, it was just Uh going to be Joshua. And then it was Joshua yeah. six. Then it was Joshua keys. Cause that's my like mom's family's name. Um, and okay. I liked all those, but then it just like, every time I would observe somebody else that kind of had a similar name, I just had no interest at all in hearing what they fucking had to, to, to do musically. I just, just, just okay. didn't, it didn't attract me. So I was always trying to find something better. Okay. So I'm driving with <laughs> so my girl. Yes. Yeah. See the sign. I'm like, that's a great name. And she's like, Oh, that's kind of funny, but you can't be Clucci. Like you're too, professional and like you know respected and that's just like a it's like a joke like that's like it's too sexual it sounds like coochie like you can't do that and i'm just like well, and you're realizing as she tells you this that it's perfect right yeah no not quite right okay. so i started twitch it's not a twitch i started a tiktok account for me and her we're gonna get on tiktok and it's called coochie because that gave me an opportunity to use it right i knew i knew i wanted yeah. to use it somehow but i didn't know how so i started a tiktok called coochie and we we never did a, one single tiktok video together Right. I ended up like following up a bunch of people. Her uh, daughter got on my TikTok account and saw all the people that I was following and said, Josh is following a bunch of young girls dancing. And so then she got mad at me. And so I deleted it. Right. Well, that's what TikTok is, is dancing. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I just fucking, I thought, you know, if I'm going to be on there and I'm going to connect with people, it's going to be the people that are promoting these songs. And those are the people that are dancing. Okay. So that's what I thought. I didn't right. think like she did. But as soon as I understood how she was thinking, I want to be right. a good person, a good partner. I don't want to cause right. any insecurity. So I just deleted it. Deleted. Right. Yeah. So then I go to the, I go to my, ta- I started working at Esoteric Tattoo, uh, which is just great group of people, really huge shop, probably one of the best known shops here in Portland. I was so lucky. I felt like to get the job, just really excited. And uh, I'm showing them my music and they're kind of like, eh, whatever, like not really digging it. And then I tell them about my name and they hear about Kluji. And all of a sudden uh-huh. they're just like, whoa, bro, you have to use Kluji. Like I, 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 would, I would listen to Kluji. Like the same song, yes. if it's coming from Kluji, I want to hear, <laughs> right. hear what he says, right? And I was just like, yeah, it's just, it's just too, jo- that's too much of a joke. Like, I can't be Kluji, fuck. Like, God, I know right. I get you like it, but I can't do that. And so I just didn't do it. I did a couple more songs with Joshua Six. And then me and my chick broke up. I went through all this shit, right? My dad yeah. died. Me and my chick broke up. Fuck, 
in. I'm in therapy. I'm trying to put Elk myself X. back together. Yes. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure it out. Fucking. And I just maybe like three or four, maybe five weeks ago, I'm, I'm finally getting through my therapy. I'm doing DBT. It's amazing. Everybody should do a DBT. It's called it's dialectic, dialectic behavioral therapy. What it does is it teaches you literally how to under like how to cope with the world. If, if it's, it was built for uh, um, borderline personality disorder, which is people that show symptoms of other, you know, neurological or whatever problems, but it's just caused by trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually, you don't actually have OCD. You don't actually have, you know, depression. You have trauma that causes you to have OCD or depression. So that's called by borderline personality disorder which I don't know okay. that I have, but it was, it was the most useful type of therapy that I could go into. And the type of therapy for BDP is, is what was that again? DBT. It's dialectic behavior therapy. Dialectic. Yeah. Behavior. So, so what that does is it just literally goes through, it has like three different segments, emotion regulation, um, mindfulness and distress tolerance, and it teaches you skills. One of those skills that I learned was non-judgmental. This is not the most important one, but it's really hard, helpful, right? When you look at things mm-hmm. and you take the good or bad out of them and you realize that's just shorthand to, um, to, to actually describing your preference, right? So you can say, I prefer a chocolate chip cookie, or you can say that chocolate chip cookies are bad or chocolate chip cookies are good. Well, that's not true. Chocolate cook- cookies aren't bad or good. You just prefer them or don't. So I learned, I how, to think like, learned how to think like that, which took the fucking weight off of my life, honestly. Really? Oh yeah. You go through the world and you no longer Uh think things are bad. Nothing. Nothing's bad. There's nothing bad. Nothing's bad in my life. Nothing's bad in the world. So if you were in the garden of Eden, you're throwing up the apple. I don't know what that means. (laughs) You no longer have the knowledge of good and evil. uh, Pretty much. much. Yeah. There is no good or evil. And there's a free apple up. I threw the apple up. And then I learned another skill probably five months later. And I've learned a bunch of skills in between that are just like, you know, how to deal with certain things, how to deal with people, how to talk to people successfully, just all this, just all this stuff that was really helpful. But this last one was understanding thought distortions. Okay. Thought distortions are that, that thing that's in the back of your head that's coming from somebody else's voice that's telling you, you can or can't do something or you are or not something, right? So my, yeah, my thought distortions were you're too old. You're too bald. Okay. You're too tall. You are you're too, too tall. Man. You're too, you're too, uh, you're not talented enough. You can't freestyle in front of a group of people without having written something before. You don't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. You're not black. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. all yeah. these thought distortions telling me that I can't do it. And as soon as I recognize them as thought distortions, that all went away, bro. Well, let's be honest. So you are too tall. I am too tall. Yeah, it hurts me. It hurts me back. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You know, I'm no, I saw, I saw a girl yesterday and she's so beautiful. Uh, she's at the no, she didn't tell you you're too tall. That Dude, that also means you got a big dick. No, like, even doesn't. if that ain't, let, no, that is shush. Sh- that's what we're going with. That's it. <laughs> don't, don't fuck up your own myth. I've always had a theory that if you say you have a big dick, nobody's uh-huh. ever going to believe it. But if you're just like, eh, it's average, then, you know, <laughs> then everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> right on. I think uh, Pete Davidson talked the same at some point. Uh, about yes. that. mm-hmm. That's how he got on Ariana Grande's good side. You might end up dating Ariana Grande. Is that hey, you know what? I have to set you goal yet? in my life mm-hmm. for my next relationship to be with a celebrity. 
So I'm, I'm spoken for, brother. And and I, I know it's not like <laughs> the, like it's not like the most healthy goal to say I'm only going to have relations with those people. It's really just right. a, a target to reach. You know what I'm saying? If I can elevate myself to that point where I'm an icon in the music industry, um, then of course I would be dating a celebrity. That would make sense for me to go date. I, I want to judge this so poorly right now. I don't know if I, I want can. You to. I'm not finding I want you the right to. I love ability it. to. What is that? Isn't that um? Don't that's like uh? So you want to be like Carmen Electra kind? You- um, I, I would say it like this. <laughs> I would say it like this, and this kind of comes from my mom, right? A I would social say, climber. I would say I am specifically pointing at a star, right, in fucking mm-hmm. space that might be out of my reach, but I'm gonna try to reach that fucking star. Right. But if I end up running out of gas and going to another star, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) focusing on that one. Isn't that second star? Isn't she going to be let down? Like, so you're aiming for Rihanna and you end up getting there. They're not going to know that. I'm not even going to remember any of that by the time I get there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I won't even remember any of that. I'll just get there. I'll just achieve it. And then it's like, well, the point was to reach the stars. Right. Right. Focusing on the one, star. focusing on the one helped me, helped me push through. Cause I had that one thing on my mind. So mine was Britney Spears, bro. We're the same age. Oh, right on dude. Same age. She's hot as fuck still. I think she's a badass. I think me and her would, she's super fun. I think me and her would vibe. I've actually messaged her a couple of times. (laughs) Are you on her, her do not call list? Are you on like, they're probably like, did, did you make it to her creeper file? I, I have a few of those on my file, so maybe she, maybe I did. I don't know. I, I haven't done anything <laughs> that I would put somebody on a creeper file for. Oh, good. But right on. I like you're going to go to the concert and the bodyguards are going to pick you out and be like, not this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, there's the guy. There's the kluchy guy in the yellow, yellow sweater. <laughs> Stop him. So, right on. Oh, I'd okay, love so it if I'm, you were with Britney Spears, man. Oh, that'd be Dude, awesome. you know how how you know how our friendship would improve if you were dating Britney Spears? Dude, do you have any idea how much all of my friendships have improved <laughs> simply just posting this stupid music shit and saying Clucci? Really? I have people that I haven't talked to for 10, 15 years. All of them are reaching out to me right now as if I fucking somehow already made it. Because they Dude, I think this is that, exciting. And I think that's the magic of what I'm doing right now is that because of what happened on Ink Master, right? It's built uh-huh. this weird idea of who I am, how much I'm talked about and all this stuff that when I fucking tag Snoop Dogg, motherfuckers think I'm signed. Literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> people are hitting me up like, bro, you got signed to fucking death row. What's up? That's sick. I'm like, how in the fuck do you believe that? How do you believe that? I'm just some guy. Oh no, Candy, no. Me? Candy huh? just came in and told me she thought the same thing. She right? just came and said, I thought the same thing when I, so that's but, the way it works, guys. Isn't make that beautiful? It you make it. Isn't that I'm going to be the president of the United States then. Can I just do that? You can. You actually can. But you no, have to I go, can't. I'm a felon. Go. I'm not allowed. <laughs> not you. But, maybe somebody but yeah, so that was the. So, so then let's get back to the where Clucci came from. Right. So then I'm yes. here. My thought distortions are now being managed. Right. I don't have mm-hmm. any of these constant. And at least they're still probably still there but I don't acknowledge it anymore in the same way I did. I would just sit there and just brew on it, bro. Like just fuck. I am such a loser. I am so out of my, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy to think that I could ever do anything with this music. I'm too old. I'm not crazy to think you can date Britney. Exactly. So that stuff's gone. (laughs) And I start having a conversation just with this really cool chick. We were talking about music. We totally got along. 
everything was vibing. You know how really good session can go when you just somebody just comes in and you just click with them and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, I like but you're not going to date her because she wasn't slim. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Keep going, keep going. I'm Sorry. not dating anybody for a while. Uh, so, so not unless they reach that status. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a social ladder to climb, motherfuckers. <laughs> I need I'm, some help. I got, I got something. I, 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 I'm working. Hover on a couple it. over here. I'll tell you a little bit about the ladder that I've got to in the last few weeks. It's pretty exciting. So this was just a conversation. We were just talking about music. And I and, and instead of normally I preview that conversation with my music. I'm like, oh, I do music. You want to hear it. And then I'll start talking about the name and stuff like that. For some reason, this one didn't go that way. I started talking about the name first. Right. Yeah. I started talking about Joshua Six and Clucci. And she just was like so excited about it. She's like, you have to use Clucci. That is the best fucking name. It's perfect for you. It's just you have to do it. Please do Clucci. And I'm like, okay. Well, I haven't really had that thought in my mind for quite some time now. Um, let's listen to these songs, thinking about them from Clucci. And we went back and listened. I have like yeah. a song called Drip God, Drip God, and another song called No Offense, another one called Don't Go Away. And we listened to it through the eyes of thinking about Clucci singing those songs. And it yes. just made sense. They were good. All of a sudden, the songs were good. They were this more is interesting. Hilarious. Isn't that weird? It's like Joshua 6. Same song, lame as fuck, bro. Lame as fuck. White boy trying to rap. Cloochie singing the same song. So interesting. Can so I fun. tell you a bit of what I like about Cloochie? Yes. It reminds me of two things that are both fashion. One's a fashion accessory like a clutch, right? A girl wears yes. a clutch. Yes. The other is the name brand of the possible clutch she could be wearing, which is Gucci, right? Yes. Yeah, fits right in with rap, don't it? And of course, (laughs) Gucci. (laughs) What did you already know that you knew where that was going? That's the one. Uh, They're all status to achieve, accessories to have, and something that makes the things that you say worthwhile. Vagina. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because if no vaginas listening to you, then what? Why are you even talking? Okay. So on my on this song that I have that's coming out right now, it's called "Money Is the Motive." there's a moment where I yell out Cloochie, right? This part mm-hmm. of the, whatever thing. And I fucking said it wrong during my recording. I said, I, I, I probably said it right, but uh-huh. it, didn't it came out, out like, it came out of, no, no, no. This was on the, I did a, I did a feature with a guy named Marty Baller on the East coast. Like as soon as I said that I was doing music, this guy hit me up and had me on it on one of his, he like this, he features with like Aesop Ferg and some other people. Um, awesome. But he like hit me up, had me do a feature on his song. Uh, which is really fucking cool. Uh, it's called Champions. Hopefully it'll be coming out soon. Um, and I did like just whatever rap trap kind of vocals over it. But I did say Coochie on accident. And then I listened uh-huh. to it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I got to fix that. I need, to get, I need to get that L in there strong, bro. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> make it, that shit heard. <laughs> it ain't a bad mistake to make. It's not a terrible mistake a- to make. But at the beginning... You know, when you're isn't there a coochie people. man or something like that too? Isn't that a, a real thing? I don't know. I thought I there know. was a rapper that was recently know. um actually involved in like a shooting or something like that at one of his I thought maybe maybe I'm just thinking here in Flint too. That maybe that's just Flint stuff. Okay, so uh, how many listen how many listeners do you get on this podcast? Um I've reached ten thousand downloads. Uh, mm. Through one of my subscribers, according to like Spotify, I've had well over that, but okay. there's like one that I just trust, which is the lowest number, mm-hmm. but seems to be the most verified. And okay. so uh, 
uh, I'm at 10,000 downloads for like all my episodes, so, which that's, I got a fuck ton of episodes. That's fantastic. That's exciting. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. So to where, uh, to so where, say, see, now we're talking about all this stuff that I can, um, I'm going to reach out to headspace now <laughs> and say, mm-hmm. Hey, I need some money. Mofos. We're talking yep. about this DBT. Yep. I'm going to start doing a YouTube video where I talk about it just because I think it would be really beneficial. I need to promote myself anyways. I need to get people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that I do music videos. They hit, but um, I'm really, I'm really interested. And the more understanding they have of you as a character, Exactly. As you as a person, as you as a rapper, then the more interest that you generate all around this, exactly. this coochie character as well. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, here's the hardest thing about that idea, though, is if you uh-huh. just like, like just me, I'm doing it pretty much by myself right now. I got a couple of producers that I work with. I got a really good engineer. I've got a really good manager. I've got, a, you know, like a media company that I'm working with. Um, but when I look at social media, right, and I just count the different social medias that I have to be actively involved on, creating an audience on every day there's eight of them eight is discord Facebook, one? Instagram, twitter twitch discord okay. fucking tiktok there's eight mm-hmm. youtube there's eight right yeah so, so you might as well how be on the fuck am i supposed to do eight social media platforms when i'm too autistic to do one mm. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like fuck, how the fuck I have to like get another person, how much, I have to like hire another person just to do each one. Probably does it put more pressure on you than to say anything like on Twitter, on, on, on social media because of your autism, you're like, ah, I, oh, I, I struggle to type impossible. words. It makes it almost impossible. Am I autistic? <laughs> now I need to ask. I can't text people, dude. I've got 20 responses waiting on my phone right now for text messages. I'm supposed to return. Yep. I, I, I think that's kind of normal. It's, it's like, it's the way I, the way I was saying it is it's like, I'm looking but when up you think it's out. normal. I should be worried. That's what you were saying about hanging out with this kid too. Well, when I don't think that every, I, I think that a lot more people um, have symptoms, some sort of symptoms of autism than really we would know about because people don't okay. really know yeah. how to recognize it. Right. Like if you, right. if you just, if, if you, so the read the way I know, is when I asked my mom, right? And I said, mom, what was I like when I was born? And she said, right. you were freaking the fuck out, right? You were not <laughs> consolable. You could not handle being touched. You could not handle light. You could not handle noise at oh, all. Wow, yeah. And I was like, oh, there you go. So That's- then other parts might actually be things that uh, you were saying that I've, that I've, found ways to be OCD or um, anxiety or because my brain not processing thoughts, right? because of possibly not seeing things uh, because of seeing things as good or bad. I've learned that I process some things and those kinks maybe in my thinking could cause me to have these OCDs or these, uh, these anxieties about text messages and stuff. I don't know. I think anxiety about text messages and stuff is absolutely normal. And, and okay. I don't think that the experience that I'm going through is an autistic experience of what I was going to compare it to okay. is I'm looking at these social medias, right? If you look at eight different social media, and the way I'm looking at it in my mind, it develops picture because I'm just like incredibly visual, you know, and, and the mind's eye is like the strongest. I can't have people talk about certain things because I just can't help but picture everything that anybody ever says or any situation. So- Right on. So we don't talk. I, that makes sense. Right. So uh, I'm thinking about these social media as a mountain, 
right? And I want to reach the top of the mountain, but I'm counting all the steps first, right? Mm -hmm. It's like going, fuck, once you get to like 10,000, you're like, fuck, I can't count. I can't, I can't walk 10,000 steps up this mountain. I just counted them. That seems impossible. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same idea. You look at those 20 text messages and you're going, fuck, I got to answer 20 text messages. Right. Well, that seems impossible. Just by the sheer number. If you just said, if you just, if you just opened one of them and didn't know there were 20, you wouldn't have the same problem. Right. If you just, if you just yeah. look at it, as, so it's just like thinking about it in a different way. I don't think, think Elon Musk said something like that. Maybe it wasn't. I, I know that some great people have said it before. It's been echoed throughout many endeavors where people have a, uh, achieve a large amount of success. And they eventually say, if I had any idea of how much hard work it was, I probably would have never. Wouldn't have fucking done that. And that's do my it. problem yeah. right now is that I, I do see, I've been thinking about this music shit for fucking my whole life since I was a little, little, little kid. And I do see, right. I've been through enough of it. I've seen whole genres and, and new ones start several times now. I do see the work. So it's fucking <laughs> more exhausting for me. Okay. You right. know Cause you're still going on it. You're still deciding to take these steps because you've also seen the proof of manifestation before and of hard work. The proof of manifestation, but I know that it's, it's an exhausting, uh, overly exhausting. It's, you know, the word exhaustion doesn't even touch just even what I'm feeling right now, currently of just, I'm, I'm, I'm at the music studio when I get done tattooing from nine o'clock till one in the morning or three in the morning. Sometimes I still got to get up in the morning and do everything. You know what I'm saying? Your own so studio like, you built or you're, you're, you're getting time from somebody. Oh no. Uh, I joined up with a studio. So I, there's a guy that I know that built a studio and he had a little, I went and recorded with him. I did pay for the time. And then I saw like a space that he was just had a, like a drum set kind of sitting in. And I'm like, bro, well, you should just rent this to me. Well, also I was rapping here at this, the tattoo studio and okay. I'm probably going to have the same problem right now, but there's a bunch of people right above me that do all these different types of services. Okay. And at one point I have my headphones on. I've got my vocal coach who I meet with every week and we're going over one of my songs and I'm rapping it real loud. I've got the beat in my head and I'm rapping it. And all of a sudden I hear this kind of background pounding. I'm like, what right. the fuck is that? And it's her, this is my neighbor upstairs stomping off the ground and screaming at the top of her lungs. Fucking stop. And then oh, I got to note. you. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a note <laughs> about an hour later. Uh, I have it right here in front of me, actually. It's really funny. Let me read it to you. And please. It says, hey, neighbor, I waited, to, I waited to check in the past weeks. What's up? Dude, Lord, angry voices. Dude, Lord, angry voices carry frowny face. <laughs> Um, can't, can't help but worry for you and now it's escalated and my clients can hear it through the headphones what happened to 2pm Josh with groovy studio music <laughs> there's a lot she more like to 2pm Josh well, yeah, so, I was like, we getting turned up girl you know right? it passes 8 o'clock we getting turn it up no but, it was early I, in the morning that was at 9.30 in the morning oh, okay. that's when I had my vocal coach so she had never that, heard me even here at that time before. So right. it was really weird. I was, and I was like, and you were doing music. angry voices, huh? I'm like yelling some rap music. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. I, I don't think I was being angry, but I'm sure the way it carried through was like louder right. than expected. So it sounded maybe more angry than it was. Um, right. They were like, what the fuck? He's, he's getting in a fight down there or something. Okay. So I'm going to get back into my story. I've yes, got this please. chick. She's on my table. We're talking about Clucci. She blows me up on Clucci. She loves the music through Clucci. I'm so fucking stoked about it. Then I've got another client. He's a, he's like, he's like a, I don't know, like an electrical engineer or some sort of contractor. 
and he's getting this fucking huge back piece and uh, he raps as well. Right. We've talked about it okay. a few times and I'm like, dude, we should get together and like try to make a song together. Maybe you could help me write or whatever. Like, so then we, she sits down for a session. And I'm like, all right, all right, we're doing it today. I'm going to put on beat stars. We're just going to listen to beats. I don't know if you've heard of beat stars, but it's like this amazing place where anywhere from around the world can upload their beats and, and you can purchase them and use that for your music. And it's just amazing. I, I bought beats from people fucking in Italy, Ethiopia, fucking you know, Germany. Do some people put free beats on there too, hoping to get residuals or anything? No, no. Okay. It's all it's all for sale. You don't you don't do the rigid. They don't they don't. It's 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 all kind of the same thing. You pay like twenty five to forty bucks for just the MP three. You pay maybe a hundred dollars to get all the stems, and then they pull their little tag off of it, and then you pay maybe two hundred or three hundred bucks for a full license, and that's it's to freely use it however you want. Is that how so, the that song Panda was came to be. You familiar with that no song? Idea. I have no idea. Okay. I know there are some songs that that happen like that though. That did some beat, that had some beat Right on. So we pull Beat Stars playlist up. We start going through songs. We find this really cool instrumental. It's kind of this trappy type beat, and I get this thing in my head. Right, it's, it's like just little little groove, and it's I'm gonna do something sometimes. Sometimes, right? Sometimes. Mm-hmm thinking this and, and and we spend like four hours like oh yeah let's do this okay so we write three or four pages of things that you can do sometimes fucking what okay. you feel sometimes i'm doing blow sometimes i'm getting head sometimes i'm feeling stupid sometimes you know just everything we could think yeah. of that you would do sometimes and then i took it home and i turned it into a song actually put it all the different lines in the order wrote a chorus wrote a whole rap for it everything and then i recorded it and i was like fuck I think I got my first like good song, like my yeah. first really good song. Like this is really going to be, this is really good. And I started showing it to people and everybody had that, like for the 10 years, let me tell you the reaction of people when I show them my music. Uh-huh. You hear that? <laughs> it didn't sound like much. That's my, my or, or they would just start talking about 10 minutes, 10 seconds into the song and, and the song would end and we'd be in full house. Uh. Right. Yeah, so that's t- that's painful, probably. Picking the huh? fucking. And you is that like somebody that. looking at your kid and then being like, "Oh, I love the shoes," and you know they're just not talking about uh, how oh, cute oh, is. Guess what I get? <laughs> guess what I get every time I buy a beat and I record oh, over okay. it. Guess what? The only compliment that I get is, "That's What's a it? great beat." Oh shit! <laughs> I'm like, Fuck, I worked so hard on the vocals, and you didn't. But when Clucci records over this shit, it's different. For some reason. So I started showing these songs to people and they were just like, bro, that's a good song. Like, wow. And I was just like, what? Like, I've been waiting for somebody to say something like that for years. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, dude, it's just catchy. I can't, it's stuck in my head. I, I just can't stop. It's so good. So then I wrote another fucking song after that. That was just more of a straight rap song. And I went to LA and recorded those two songs. So the first one's going to be coming out um, April 20th. And then the other one's going to come out two weeks after that. And then it's going to be a steady stream. Like every two weeks, there's going to be another song. Every two weeks, every two weeks, every two weeks, every two weeks. Until I get good enough at that to where I'm doing it, I can do a song every week. And then I next like year um, in April, I'm putting out like a full album. I might do like a mixtape before that. But and then once the album comes out. The full like album, that, you figure would be all the, the kind of the best of and the stuff you got to. You're like, OK, there's really something here. And you're yes, you working. Exactly. Back, right. Exactly. And it has to have like somewhat of a conducive feeling or theme or something that really makes it an album. Um, makes it a Clucci album? 
Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> oh, then once it makes it, that, it, it ties I, it all together. I follow. Exactly. And then once I've got that, then it's all going to be about um, doing the live show. And the reason I'm waiting on that right now is because I've only got a few songs. Right. And who's going to fucking, you can't really perform with a few songs. But also, I'm in the midst of writing. But once I get the, uh, the songs that I know I want to perform, then it's all about renting a, renting a soundstage and just creating, like, I'm not doing just the, I'm definitely not going to do the regular hip hop show. It's going to be, a full, like, I've been go watching, I've been watching live music for so long and I watched it transition, right? From being this it, really exciting, creative thing to being a karaoke show. Okay. A, vi- right? a, a, a visual show you mean or not? No, I'm oh, talking karaoke. about the performance. The performance. Right. Live music has turned You're from live music to karaoke. Ashley Simpson. It's now it's karaoke. Now every single fucking artist puts their fucking mm. karaoke track, which is what they the, the, the engineer calls it a karaoke track. They say, hey, I'm going <laughs> to produce your karaoke track for your live show. Right. I didn't know that. That blew my mind. I'm like, you motherfuckers call this the karaoke track? Like, you know what you're doing? You know you're just doing karaoke and you're still doing it? So it has their audio, their vocal already recorded, and they kind of lip sync? It just pulls the main vocal down a little bit. Okay, yeah. So, okay. Right? I feel like I hear that sometimes when I'm listening to music that's that's live. And you can kind of, you never really know, though, if it's the audio is off, you know, because sometimes your TV's a little bit off on the audio, but you're like, that didn't seem like it's lining up. Or I hear two voices. Right. Yes. You hear two voices because there's two voices because they're singing up their own fucking song. Because <laughs> there is stupidest shit I've ever yeah. fucking heard in my life. I'll probably have to do it just because <laughs> that's the way things are. But my plan. What are you going to dance around on stage? You, you work, you're working on your TikToks? Well, no, I haven't. No. I, I mean, I'm going to have to do something, right? I can't just stand there. Um, I'm definitely you're a visual dance person, anyways. Stage, but, uh huh. You're a really visual person, anyways. So, you, yeah, you're, you're going to have, I know that you're going to have a visual part to your stage, a very visual. I think I think that's already kind of a, a, a like a you know expected thing, right? It's a it's a show. Most artists do something visual, right? Yeah. I'm talking about making it more than just a visual karaoke experience. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about okay. like actually doing a real performance, actually playing my guitar, actually singing the songs, okay. actually having backup singers, actually having like my 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 DJ plays fucking saxophone. Like a champ, bro. Actually <laughs> right having him pull his saxophone out during his hip hop during the hip hop show. You know what I'm saying? Like, having yeah, I feel like it's not too. I mean, new though. Maybe we're going back. Remember, uh, we're the going Beastie back. Boys had that album. Yes. Was it Paul's Shop or Paul's Boutique or something? Yep. It's one of their, one of their best albums, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. it was it, it, not a lot of hits. But, right. But man, so oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I had ever thought when they had that one lyric, it's stupid little lyric in it where he says, and then she told me darkness is not the opposite of light, but the absence of it. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, as stupid as that is, but I love but yeah, that one. So, 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 so really like, that's kind of what, what like the power of Cloochie is not to say that being old is a good thing, but if there is something good about it, it's that I've lived through all of this music and it's right. changed and nobody seems to give a fuck or has or right. notices that it's changed. And I want to offer my audience what I got when I valued my experiences and it's not available currently. 
like it's, do you feel that's more soulful then too if you're out there playing you might make a mistake uh, you might you're not playing to a karaoke track or whatever it's more live it's 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 going to be more, more live soul, i want it to feel interactive no yeah that they came to the live show and it was a different experience i'm not just going to play the fucking song just like it is on the radio or whatever it's going to be a totally different experience and that just comes from me being a rock a rock fan and just going to all the like a progressive rock fan really and going to all these shows that were just so full of musical energy and just right. going to a show now and literally that doesn't exist anymore there is no musical energy anymore there might be some hype energy like i went to a logic show right and they tried to hype <laughs> people by telling them how fucking lame they were and then trying to walk <laughs> off stage and then making everybody cheer for them and then lying to everybody and telling them that there was a fifty thousand dollar fee if they overplayed and then continuing to play like that's how they hype people I had zero to Wait. do with me let, let me see if I got this. They told them they were not cool enough for them. And then they came up to applause, but they came up and were like, hey, you're ugly. Hey, you're fat. You're no, it hey, was like, you guys are fucking shoes lame. To listen. This is the lamest. This is the lamest audience I've ever had. You guys are so what are you all fucking high? Oh, OK, like you guys are so right. quiet. I don't even want to play the show anymore. Right. So we walked oh, off stage and they had this hype man try to get the crowd engaged. <laughs> To get him right. to play, come on, bring him out here like the Godfather of Soul. You know, yeah, he's yeah, right. yeah. He's not coming but back. But at least out the Godfather of Soul would always he would go out and give so much he had nothing left, and mm -hmm. then they would try to take him off stage. Like, oh, here, put the robe on him, cover him up because he's a weak, frail man now. He's given everything, and then yep. he'd be like, Nah, not more. Oh, I love that idea. I love that idea. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing but, it. Right on. The only thing I know about that actually is just the Eddie Murphy idea of it because <laughs> yeah. i've never gotten a chance to see a james brown nor have i watched the movie let, right. let me ask you and a very important question then completely off topic jake paul i don't know who that is that that's the question oh wow right on well who's moving right along then who's jake paul <laughs> uh he, he's he's um a youtuber uh, who turned professional boxer advocating for something else but it is paul no, it's Jake. Jake Paul. You're probably thinking of his brother, Logan Paul, the I'm former Logan. Vine that's why actor. I, that's, that's why I didn't. Okay, Suicide yeah, Forest, Logan Paul. Is who yeah, I thought, I thought Logan Paul was the one that did the fight. And I was just like, what the fuck? What? He, he fought as well. <laughs> but Jake Paul is somebody who has manifested um, a, a, a very good career out of the anger and hatred that he has had throughout his career okay and he's he's manifested that into a successful career that's I, mm -hmm. I always find it very unique um i don't really care for the guy sometimes perhaps or even his antics and i've seen him since i was you know since his very first days as a youtuber because my mm -hmm. son used to watch him and now he's uh doing boxing I, it's not for nothing <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry to yeah. even actually oh. i feel like i derailed it and i had that's this okay. greater I'll, question i'll, I'll rail I'll, mm -hmm. I'll bring it right back on the rails and I'll just oh, say you. any of your amazing listeners that are out there that are, are linked to the music industry in any way that has anything that they could possibly help me escalate my career, uh -huh. you can email me at kluchigang at gmail.com. Game or gang? Gang. K-L-O-O-C-H-Y-G-A-N-G at gmail.com. That's actually, like, I didn't even come up with that. It was like my, like people that were online, like, like the second day that I started saying Kluchi, I had like tons of people like, Hashtagging Coochie Gang. And I was like, all right. And then another guy started another, he, he actually, he actually started a, 
another Instagram account called Colucci because I don't have one that's in the name of Colucci. It's just my name, but then I just changed, you know, I don't know how it works exactly, but he started one with the thing Colucci and I was like, bro, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, it's just a fan account. Like, I'm just going to help. Oh, cool. You. I'm like, oh, that's right. awesome. Uh, hell yeah. But yeah, if I mean, got, if he's if telling the truth, music industry listeners, um, I sure need help. I want to make <laughs> this happen. I'm not fucking around. So I've known him ready, for a while. I'm ready to work. Right, Ryan, he work. needs help. This need kid. Yeah. Not because I need help because I can't make it on my own, but because I need help because I can't make it on well, my own. Because <laughs> nobody can make it on their own. How nobody can that? make it on their own. My team's yeah. very small right now and it needs to grow. And I just. And the gang needs to grow. Right. Need the gang. Yeah, exactly. So, how do. So, if I'm a non music person, though, how can I join the Kluchy Glang? Get, glang. Oh, I have I a whole idea. I have a whole mm-hmm. idea for that, right? And I don't have like to get beat in, do I? No, oh, I, I have an idea for this. And it's a uh-huh. subscription based thing, kind of like, kind of like, uh, oh, what is it? There's one that everybody can go on that where your fans can support you. I can't think of the name right now. Um, GoFundMe? I don't know. No, NFTs? Couldn't you sell no, NFTs? No, it's, it's specific to like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, OnlyFans, but for musicians, right? Where people pay like a okay. service. I can't think of the name of it right now. It's very, very popular. But it's a similar idea to that where I would build a website that has a you have like a login thing to it. So in order to be able to access the website, you have to at least sign up, right? Which is just give a give a email and a and a username. And then there's different options of how involved you're gonna get to be. So like the just the the free Kuchi Yang member, you know, you get you get you're pretty much just getting advertised to, right? You're going to get the pre-release information. You're going to know what songs are coming out. You're going to get the links to the videos, all that stuff. And then there's going to be different stages. If you pay five bucks for a membership a month, then you're going to get like whatever, like a, uh, maybe I'll send you an email and you'll get maybe uh, like more pre-release type stuff and maybe a little bit of swag. And then mm-hmm. if you're a $25 a month supporter, then you're like a, a fan, right? You're not just like a member of the game, but you're like an official fan and you're getting music that other people don't get to hear you're getting maybe some t-shirts you're getting maybe some you know some sort of you know what i don't know some sort more so like live tapings what music other people are hearing bad songs that you don't want to put out or yeah more media than you would get just as the other fan i would do something else like like they said live tapings um other we get to see your feet huh (laughs) do you get you gonna take some pictures of your feet no, my feet are out of my feet are not part of the whole story. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, so then, <laughs> but you and then still a, think people are paying for this, huh? All right. And then there's a hundred dollar version, hundred dollar a month, and that hundred dollar a month. And this is just an idea that I haven't put into practice yet. I don't even know if it's gonna yeah. work. But um, the hundred dollar one is like you're a supporter, like your title now is the supporter. It's more of like feet. you're understanding that you're actually financially supporting me. Um, uh-huh. And you're and 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 I'd probably do something like a once a year uh, private show for all of the, for all the supporters or something really special like that, you know, right. where you're getting, you're getting a lot of extra, you probably get a t-shirt every freaking, like any, any, any shit we make for Clucci, you get, you get you're it automatically for free. Yeah. Any merch, any albums come out, you know, we'll first you in line for NFTs. What, what, dude, what, do you, dude, you see yourself touring NFTs. with us? Let's yeah, talk about what, NFTs, what you going to do with them? So go ahead. What, what was your question? Are, are you going to be touring with us? Is that um, the plan? I'm going to be touring. Yeah. It's hard. You got, you're still a father. You got a 10 year old, you said, right? Yeah. I got a 10 year old, but she's got, um, she's got a real good support system. She's got a stepdad and okay. I'm a real small part of her life and she supports me. And we've already talked awesome. about it, you know, like 
like what that means. And it literally just means that when I'm available, that I get all I get all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm off tour for six months and I come back and I'm home for a month, I get all the time that she's with me that whole time. So we're, we'll work it out. But my son, my son's mm-hmm. going to be 17. He wants to go with me. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, he wants to be. He wants to go private school. He wants to hit the road. He's fucking. He's ready. So he doesn't care. I've he done that before. Private school, but home, homeschooling. He homeschool. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, he's only got a couple of years left at, at best. Any more years right? left, anyways. I, it's probably going to be that time. You know what I'm saying? Like the next two right. years, probably what it's going to take me to really get ready to actually do a real tour. I'll probably do like, you know, like two or two or three week small tours during that time but nothing big you know the subscriptions I mean, would probably get a, get that too the music has to hit before me before i can do a big tour you know like it has to, i have to have a song on the radio before i can do a big tour I'll, i could do small ones but i'm not gonna well, now that, a huge fucking tour now that you sound by death row man it's only a matter of time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's talk about nfts real yes. quick okay so I was just talking with Jesse Smith about NFTs. I was talking okay. with uh, Lenatra about NFTs. And I understand that um, who's the oil, but Nick Baxter is also heavily involved with NFTs. But I those are the few tattooers. Nick, Nick is like my homie, bro. I love that guy. We're you know, not only we're friends, but he's like my biggest like idol in the fucking industry. I just, I, I think very he's very impressive. Yeah. Very we're, we, rela- we relate in a lot of ways, I think um is he out there around you i don't know where he's at no he's on, east he's on east coast no he might have been oh, really? in texas he's in texas now sorry right on he's in austin um so oh keeping it my weird idea oh go ahead no they keep it weird in austin that's what i was just thinking austin, keep it weird in austin. yeah and they, sold weird. That. they sold that for, for portland. from up there from portland yeah. yes okay no. right on <laughs> now it's they just keeping Keep it creepy in Portland. I don't think it's weird anymore. I think it just went to creepy because of all the people in the tents. Um, uh, the whole, there's a whole background behind it, but I'll give it to you in a second. Let's get to the mm-hmm. NFTs. NFTs. All right. Okay. Listen, guys, that's spoiler alert. So that, well, let's just make that a part two. And then they'll have yeah. to. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah go on. Go on. NFTs. Okay, so, you, you messing with them? Well, I haven't done anything yet. But what I would like to do is mm-hmm. I would like to tell, sell my tattoo sessions through NFTs. So okay. I'll sell 200 NFTs. Each one of them will represent a date during the year, whatever, whatever date that you decide you want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say you pay $1,500 for your NFT. The magic of that is that that person's paying me $1,500 for their NFT, right? They're coming in mm-hmm. and getting their $1,500 tattoo. I get all of the money up front because you do a one sale, right? You just sell the NFTs and everybody buys yeah. them and your money. So I get, what is it? Uh, if it was just if it was just a thousand dollars a session, um, that and I sell two hundred of them, that's two hundred thousand dollars for the year from tattooing, which is more money than I make now because of cancellations. Um, okay. And then that person, right? They don't actually spend their money. Right. No. No, they because they still have. NFT. They got a free NFT. They got a free NFT. That's worth. And the right? NFT will go, has the chance to go up in value as you do more art. Certainly, as Gucci well, goes. Really, up. All, all somebody has to do is sell one for more money, and then all of them go up. Yeah, yeah. So, it's an interesting. I, I think I'm just now getting my understanding of the mm-hmm. importance of it not being decentralized. You yep. know about how 
it records all the transactions that it goes through itself. So I try to imagine a dollar bill and how many transactions it's going to go through before it finally is, sees its end of its life. But in each of those transactions, it's really just a promise from the government that it has the value that it yes. is. Which they, can't, now, uh, they, they, which they can't keep their promise because that keeps changing. Well, it certainly fluctuates. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done a decent job. Uh, you know, I'm yep. certainly not yep. trying to take yep. it away from them, but unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how your fortune is <laughs> is structured, this decentralized, it, it has all the faith in the government removed because its faith is in its transaction and its yes. accurate record of it. So when I buy it from you for fifteen hundred dollars and I get a free NFT, really, because I get a tattoo, right? And then exactly. I hold on to that. If somebody else wants that NFT, when I sell it, I sell it for $1,501. Yep. And it is worth $1,501. When yep. that person decides to sell it, he sells it for $1,503. I don't but think the truth of that matter is it's going to go up exponentially more than that. And in some cases, even double or triple. And I don't think that there's going to be, I think there's going to be a time that we see all service related industry do in something NFTs. like that. But I, I don't so. see I don't, I don't know anybody if, that's doing that yet, mm-hmm. right? That's selling their tattoo sessions through NFTs, but I think it's going to fucking change my life, bro. That makes sense. Because, I like it. Because just imagine having all your income from a tattoo, industry, which is a lot of income at once. Oh, that would mess me up. You never well, see me for me, I'm trying to do music, <laughs> bro. I'm trying to do music. So it would help. Yeah. That's just expensive. Influx so, of money. What about this? What if an NFT uh, were recorded as a song, right? So if I sell that NFT and then that person has that image, aren't they also able to record audio with that? Oh, yeah. You you could do audio. You could do video. You could do uh, (laughs) uh, JPEGs. So, yes, I've thought about how I don't I don't mm -hmm. quite I haven't quite because obviously I'm a little bit more um, in tune to how to make money with the tattoo industry than I am with the music industry at this point in my life. So obviously that was like kind of where I could put things together that I know about, but I don't know right. how to make music work yet financially. I wonder so, if you could just keep making every time somebody got his, I mean, I don't know how much it costs to mint these NFTs. I know there must be a minting process. A little bit. Yeah. It depends on the, the yeah, it depends on the cost yeah, or how many people. But if every song that you made available online was an NFT and mm-hmm. each one was unique because as it was generated, you had one personal bit of audio that was just relative to it, perhaps. I don't know if you need that to keep it unique. You would you would want to sell you would want to sell maybe ten thousand or a thousand copies of it or something like that. You would want to have a bunch of them out for that, I, I think for that one song. Because it's not about the song or the image at all. It's about the code. It's right. about the little code that says this is unique. Right. So they could have the same fucking image a billion times. But if you don't have that code that says it's unique, then it's not worth anything. And then there's a contract line, if I understand, too, that kind of tells how it will be structured or how it how it has its value. Yeah. Super interesting. I'm slowly understanding. Yes. So what would your your NFTs look like? What do you what do you see them as? I have fucking no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) That's where I'm at. There's people on Fiverr that'll make make them for you. I might just have that. I've got a bad idea. I don't know if it's a good one, but I want to do, man, I don't know. (laughs) I don't want anybody else to take my idea for it. And at the same time, don't say your idea, but I don't think it matters. 
I don't think it matters. And also the thing about ideas that I've learned over the time that, that it's not about the idea. It's about the doing, right? Like you yeah. can say ideas all fucking day, but nobody's going to do that shit. Uh, yeah, unless no, unless no. you are, unless you are. And then, and then no. that thing happens, but nope. I've had the idea for the best trash can in the world. I've told millions of people about it. Nobody's going to take your idea, bro. Easy Nobody. to make. No one's done mm -hmm. it. No, because somebody does have a patent somewhere of a very similar idea, but not executed in the same cheap fashion that my right. idea is. Executed. OK, so we got 11 minutes. So I want to tell you about uh, I want to tell you about this. That is, we didn't even get to the trip to Germany. We got no, we didn't go to Germany. We didn't go to Germany because you had a we didn't talk about Ink Masters and all these poor people. You got to do a number two. With you yeah, we'll do another one. We'll two. do another one. But okay, so, so I've had a blast. Dude. I really want to get this out um, yes. in Mexico. The fucking chemical that they've been making, the I might get it wrong. I think it's like ephedrine or some shit like that. The chemical that they make meth out of, right? Oh, that yeah. was It's what? Ephedrine, you're right. Okay. So that chemical. Epinephrine. Been, epinephrine. Something like that. Something like I think that. it's ephedrine, actually. I think, no, it's ephedrine. Stuff. I don't know if that's it, but. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a different one. Okay. So that chemical became illegal in the recent years in Mexico. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was legal. Okay. Right. So the, the fucking cartel could no longer get that. And, and not only was it Ill, Ill, illegalized in Mexico, but it's also a natural chemical. Right. There's only one source that you can get it from. And it's from a natural source. So it's very, very expensive. It's very, very okay. difficult to get. And now it's illegal in Mexico, which means it's not accessible to even the so cartel. No more crank. No Mexican crank. No more crank in that form. So what they did was they found they, they built these fucking crazy labs and they did a bunch of fucking experiments and they found this new chemical called p2p p2p is the opposite as far as its availability um and rareness and expensiveness as ephedrine or whatever right it's very yeah, i'm very pretty scary. sure that's the way i used to download my music a couple years ago well now there's a chemical called p2p <laughs> And okay. it's more dangerous than what, 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 I'm sorry. It's more, it's more accessible, right? It's cheap to get. You don't okay. need, you can get it from many, many different places. Um, it's very easy to make. Easy to manufacture. And, and it makes something similar to meth, right? The difference is, is that with the epinephrine or epidrine or whatever the fuck was in it, that meth, yeah. it's like a party drug, right? you like, it stimulates you. You're like, yeah, wanting to hang out. So very pleasure social. centers open up and talking, they, talking, they talking, stop talking, getting. Talking. Yeah, you're being told to talking 100 to miles an hour down. and fucking yeah. just like this really like very social experience. Um, when you when you make it with P2P, it turns the person almost immediately into somebody with schizophrenia. Almost okay. immediately. You smoke it one fucking time and you got voices coming. So what's this doing with the tents? Well, what happens is that a schizophrenic person that's on meth, right, can't mm -hmm. keep a job. A schizophrenic, no. a non-schizophrenic person that's on meth can keep a job. They're really good at work. They're awesome. They're fucking mm. busting ass, sweating. No, <laughs> no, not consistently. But you can't. It's but, a, but yeah, it's addiction will eventually get them. It just. But does. I've seen people yes, that I have done it for. I've seen people that yeah. have done it for thirty fucking years, and they. Oh, kept I didn't their do jobs. it for thirty, but I they did it for a few years. <laughs> yeah, but, but I've seen people keep their jobs and maintain some sort of normal life because their brains don't melt into shit right okay. away, right? Right. This stuff. They got the good meth. It's it's immediate, right? You're immediately everything is against you. Everybody's against you. Your family, right. your coworkers, your 
kids. Is that and that's affecting people in Portland then because they're using the, the, no, bro. This crank has made his way across the border. No, here's the thing: they haven't just made it across the border because they have so much of it. Now, mm-hmm. when you were to like, let's say you were to buy like a pretty hefty bag of like a kilo of fucking meth before it's like four or $5,000 for that kilo of meth. Now it's four or $500 and it's in every city in the country. Whereas before I, I, meth was only isolated to a few cities. Now okay. you have this shit in new England and you know what I'm saying? Like it's everywhere. I read an article about schizophrenics everywhere then it's, as well. Say that again. With then, then also with schizophrenics everywhere. Well, that's why you have tent cities piling up everywhere. Cause what's the best place? For a meth addicted schizophrenic person to be. Oh, a tent commune would probably be nice as long as it's not too cold. This is just an intent. Just intent. You can't live in a house anymore because you can't pay for your fucking job, right? You can't you can't yeah. do your job anymore. You can't pay for your house. So you go to this tent and you want to be there. You're stoked. You're happy to be there because you're isolated now. Now nobody can get to you. You're safe. You've completely detached from the grid. Yeah, there's no way the bad guys can get you because you're in your fucking tent. There's no way they could even know about you. But you're still tweaked the fuck out, looking out. You're, you know, wondering, worrying. There, there's people in, in these. These people love being in the tents. Then they get the community from it, and now they've all got a good, easy place to get drugs from. The worst most of them the don't live in the communities, bro. Most of them live in a tent by themselves. There's okay. a little community. You'll see ten or twenty tents, but there's thousands of tents in the city. But they're thousands. not right next. They're they're Hell not no. like no, two story. No, they're too afraid. Most people are too afraid. Those, are those, okay. those cities are probably more heroin than than okay. meth, I would, I would <laughs> right think. yeah that's more it's communal social right heroin's just, it's fucking crazy and it's something that we it's because uh, you know it's the same kind of thing we go back into from the earlier conversation where it's so similar where you're thinking about the government and the mexican cartel and the world bank system and the money and all that shit it's like we can't actually do anything about it because we kind of make it happen we kind of allow it by how not, do we do this mm-hmm. by not getting by not getting involved by not by by allowing the cartels power by putting a war against fucking afghanistan to steal fucking heroin rather than putting the war against the mexican cartel it's you kind of all related then with our unholistic approach to there did i lose you hello all right there you are hello are you working, oh, for the You're working for the cartel? <laughs> Can you hear me? Now? Yeah. Oh, he's talking about it. <laughs> They're shutting me down. Uh-huh. Wow, maybe they are, dude. Maybe I'm that popular. Are you, you hearing are. me now? Yeah, I can hear Please you. Please tell me you can. Yes, I do need to. Obviously, we need to wrap this up. You've got so limited time. Um, and and uh, but I got, we you promised me we'll do this again soon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it a bunch of times. I like it. We'll make it. We'll make Dude, it you know, time. this has been one of my favorite ones, too, because I've I had to say nothing. I just got to turn you on and let you go. Let's do it. As soon as, as soon as you don't do rap, man, you better jump over on these podcasts. Well, why don't we just start that now? I don't need to wait. What? Well, what? You mean you're ready for part two? I don't know. Oh, right now? Let's do it. No, I got to get to work. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's what I've definitely been thinking about that podcast idea. I just, mm-hmm. I just obviously have thought distortions, right? Well, you don't have anything yeah. to say. You don't, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to be able to do that, blah, 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 blah. But obviously this, uh, this proves differently. 
Yes. So. No, you, you've, you've been one of the easiest people to talk with and we didn't get to any of the ink master stuff and fans are going to be so pissed. They got a lot of questions, but you know, what do they want to know? Some we got three more minutes. What do they want to know? Minutes. One, they wanted to know why you were so weird. And I apologize if that one comes off mean. No. that was just one mean guy, but other people phrase similar questions and right. they're like, what, why were you different? And you've already answered that. You know what yes. I mean? That yeah. you had a great answer for that. Um, how was the weed? They want to ask you about getting kicked out for Let's that. Talk that Let's talk about that real quick. Let's okay. talk about that. Yeah. I got three minutes. So fucking Jason uh, was the only one that was in that top three that was smoking with me, but everybody else was maybe a couple people didn't, but that weed was a normal thing. Me and Jason we're doing it together. Like first day, let's get high, bro. Like right. and, and, and everybody I was, was kind of smoking. And I was smoking with the producers, bro. <laughs> You're such right? an idiot. Why would smoking you do with it the producers? Well, because I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was a big deal. I'm living in a fucking okay. legal state. I didn't think about it. I right. kind of did, right. but I'm just that kind of guy. I'm obviously I have a fucking mental problem, right? I can't process things correctly, and I end up. Do you remember being uh, in the city and you smoked a somebody's? I don't know. You got some weed or something, and someone said to you you can't be smoking that shit hot in the city mm-hmm. remember that it was like a bum came up so ah oh, man you can't be smoking that shit hot in the city yeah i don't i don't uh, that's just yeah my brain just doesn't like i said it's legal here nothing yeah. was there was no thought my dad though my dad warned me he saw me packing my weed in my thing he goes what's that and i go i'm bringing weed he goes oh he goes no wouldn't that be fucked up if you brought that and that was the reason you went home <laughs> yep mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he saw it so so then I, i'm smoking my weed right everything's fine mm-hmm. everybody's, everybody's cool with it everybody else is getting high as fuck and drinking and shit mm-hmm. it's a normal fucking thing and it's not actual weed it's just fucking hash oil that i brought in like another little vape pen so i didn't actually even have okay. any weed. I had hash oil and i'm smoking that. Have, I'm rubbing it on i've heard the other i've heard, heard that you had so much that uh i, I heard that no. you had dry that you had edibles that you had oils yeah. Sorry, my client was trenched up. Um, no, I just had a little, I had like a, like a little bit of hash oil only. Okay. Um, and so, and it was just such a tiny amount and I'm smoking it every day and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden I see Jason and this is after like, you can, you know, same kind of thing happened during season three. There was this like little weird division of people, right? Where all of a sudden now I'm on the outside for some reason and I don't quite understand what's going on. Why are these people acting weird to me? What's, what's the deal? Like, I don't fucking know. What did I do? Right. Right. Yeah, I see Jason, I see clean and I see Eric sitting on the beds. You know what I'm talking about? Two of them are sitting on one bed. The other one's sitting on the other bed and they're having yeah. a fucking. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And they start stop talking right away. Right. Well, then all of a sudden I got fucking <laughs> what's her name? Aunt Andrea ganking me out of the fucking room saying, hey, we heard you had wheat. And I'm like, well, fuck, I, 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 I guess I can give you what I have. I don't really have much left. No problem. Right. Like, here, you can have it. She's like, cool. Like someday that will be fine. You'll be able to smoke weed with us. But you know, right now it's not legal, but we're good. Right. So I give it to her. We're good. So then I see Jason. He goes, Oh my God, what happened? Motherfucker. Right. uh, (laughs) Okay. What happened? What's going on? I'm going, well, they fucking found out that I had weed and, and, and they took my thing, but don't worry. I just gave him like an empty, empty empty container. I still have, well, you know, like I still have this boom. An hour later, Andre is back at my fucking bed, waking me up screaming at me i know you still have your fucking weed give it to me now i can't trust you anymore blah blah no, blah she's right? pissed. okay yeah she's pissed bro because i have heard that that's what ass, I... uh-huh. right and was like oh he still has his weed there's no other way it could have happened so then fucking 
then the whole thing happens, right? They kick me off and they're trying to say a bunch of shit. He was cheating. He was cheating because he had pictures on his phone. He had three cell phones. He was cheating. Now that's what I heard, that you've had three cell phones. And, and you did tell me at one point that you were planning on bringing some kind of more reference material. Of course and it seems I would. Of course I would. And I'm, I'm outing them because I'm going to talk with them about it, too. And they're going to yeah. probably come back with some fire about whatever. But yeah, Petticore and uh, Don Petticore and Clay Dunn both told me that they saw a text message from Nunez to you that you showed them while you guys were all filming. Did me and Nunez were talk- texting the whole time. OK, right. On. But now yeah, like everybody else definitely. had their phones gathered up. And you yeah, but I'm not stupid, and I'm not. Phone, a, right? I'm not going to just do shit because people tell me to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Because there I is no good, good or evil. Still. You've seen past that post. Okay. Yeah, I want to. I want to fucking talk to my kids still. I want to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I can get away with it, I'm gonna. I'm not going to fucking be completely controlled by anybody. Right. So you did I bring other phones. I brought three fucking phones. But the reason you were removed was not for using those no. phones, but instead for the weed still because right. she didn't exactly. trust exactly because the phones didn't actually fucking matter. And it was just so if you had given her the weed the first time and just been like, yes, if I would have given it to her the first time, it would have been fine. I wouldn't have. Or if you had not told her, I just denied it. If I just fucking denied it. If I would have just denied it, bro, I would have just denied it. If I would have just said, what are you talking about? They're full of shit. That's bullshit. Go through my shit. You're not going to find anything. You're full of shit. Right. But I didn't because I'm trying to be good person. I wasn't trying to get I wasn't trying to be fucking sneaky or weird. That wasn't my goal. You were doing really good on the show that time, too. Am I wrong? Yep. Did you figure out something between the two? Um, see, this is see, this is part two stuff, I think. Yeah. You, don't you have an appointment there right now? Waiting outside. But so the last <laughs> thing is, I just want to say about the about the whole weed thing is that I saw Jason at a convention afterwards, mm-hmm. and he yes, pretty. I don't want to say in tears because he might deny it, but I could see he was upset, and he gave uh-huh. me a hug and he apologized and he said that it was fucked up that he uh, had did that to me, and uh-huh. I didn't know it was him until he admitted it to me. And then, um, you know, then he explains, you know, like, well, let me tell you about how bad my karma is right now. And he has like his liver issues and his financial issues. They took all his money, you know, all that money he won is the government time of it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't want bad things to happen to people. That's for fucking sure. But when somebody puts toxicity in their life and and it affects them. You know what I'm saying? That's just is what it is. Would you say that then to end this? Because I'm betting that you don't. because the, there's people out there that just they're weed warriors. They're on your side, Josh. Right. You, you would want no ill to come from Jason and from this. You feel he's already paid any of his. Oh, no. And I don't price. even think any ill should have come from that because I benefited. Just imagine. And I say this to everybody. Just mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. if I was the winner and how easy it would be to forget that. But I'm not. Yeah. I was a story. And that's impossible to forget. It's kind of why why I owe so much to Nunez, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Yep. And if it wasn't for him fucking being that dick to me that made me fucking Dude, great. Just think about Chris Rock and Will Smith right now. You know what I'm saying? If that <laughs> didn't happen, motherfucking Grammys wouldn't have been talked about at all by anybody. I didn't know that was going on until yep. my wife until said, happened, oh, exactly. I guess Chris Rock just got slapped by Will Smith. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we'll leave it on that point, man. I, I'm, yep. excited, I'm excited to do it again. Get me scheduled and we'll uh, we'll do this one more time. Or I more really time look forward to it. Take care, Josh. All right. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.